0: Welcome, everyone, to the Screamcast episode 88. I am Sean Drager, and with me.
1: <laughs>
0: with me. Okay. 88. Alright. Uh, with me is the lovable asshole himself, Brad Henderson.
2: I'm finally. People are coming around. They're, like, finally realizing that.
0: <laughs> and after long last, uh, the much overdue uh, BJ Colangelo back on the show.
3: I am back and I brought a sinus infection with me. Mm.
0: Uh, it's, it's okay. It's
2: so great. When's the last time you were on the show with us? Um, Nom, I think. Been forever? Nom. I don't know.
0: Back in Nom. Ooh.
3: Back in Nom. <laughs> Seen some shit. Okay. I don't think I was I don't think I was allowed to vote the last time um, I was here. I don't know. It was it's been a while. Damn. Well,
0: this is our first I would say official, uh, show of the year. We had our, you know, best of 2015 last week, which garnered a bunch of good responses. Um, it's cool to hear everyone kind of, you know, getting stuff on their own doorstep, uh, based on recommendations from Brad and myself and and others that are on the show. So that's always kind of cool to see those coming in. Talk Um, a lot
2: of people into some crazy shit at the same. So I I apologize everyone. Maybe people
0: just want to hear lists. <laughs> <laughs> the lists have been insane. Um, yeah. People like lists. so. They but um, we've ramped up with some of the writing on the site. Um, Josh Obershaw is kicking it into gear. He's going to be posting uh, pretty regularly as far as the news items go and some other stories here and there. Um, J- uh, Jason S. Hornsby. Yep. There's a new writer man, on the site. You were
2: on it with uh, written,
0: uh names tonight. Yeah, man. Um
2: You're his reading. article on oh
0: I'm not congrats. actually not reading anything right now. Uh Whoa. his article on Charlie Kaufman uh is pretty great. And when I first read it I was like, are you serious cuz Brad just texted you just texted me the article out of the blue and I'm like what yeah. the fuck is this?
2: It's it's really it's really out of nowhere. When when I first when I first read it it was kinda jarring. I I knew Jason was doing it, but I didn't know kinda like how in depth and how yeah. fucking crazy the conspiracy series theories are. Because it's not like you know, a normal conspiracy like, you know, fucking all nine eleven was George Bush or something. No, these things are pretty intricate mm-hmm. that are pretty out there and the way Jason presents it, it's really fun because it can't be a coincidence type of thing you know because it's like one of those things where you know like pontypool predicted the sandy hook uh you ever hear about that oh
0: no
3: yeah that's a crazy theory
2: yeah Hmm. in in pontypool because when they're listening to the broadcast um they hear sandy hook and then there's a number that follows which means a shooting
1: Oh, and, okay, it's really, wow. and it's
2: really and it's pretty crazy, uh, but I mean, all in all, that's a coincidence. But the stuff that Charlie Kaufman's putting in is just a little too obvious, I and mean, it's kind of an eye opener even for me. I know Charlie Kaufman's a kind of a a weirdo, but <laughs> you know this really this the article really opens it up. Yeah. So now I'm kind of anxious to even rewatch those films. Yeah, see if too. I could pick up on anything else.
0: Yeah, uh, and then you, Brad, have an article on there about uh, Desiree Castillo.
2: Yeah, which (laughs) kind of blew up a little bit, which I was, um, I was happy about because it's one of those things that no one really knows what happened to her. And, Mm -hmm. um, not that I'm, you know, trying to find out what happened or kind of, you know, obviously she went into hiding for a reason, which, you know, we all should respect that. Um, however, it was one of those things where she is such a, you know, adorable, charming person is as far as what she is like in her interviews and even on screen. I do mean, know. We're talking about pornography here, but I mean, she's still a very charming woman, even yeah. in those films.
0: And I mean, I, I'm, I'm like saying, yeah, like, Oh yeah, I know. Yeah. <laughs> I've watched every single one,
2: you know, and, it, one. and she's, and she's just great. And it was just one of those things where she had this huge career for, you know, four years, uh, and kind of took the industry by storm and, and all of a sudden, she just disappeared yeah. uh, for reasons unknown. There's a lot of things that are said, which I explain in the article. But you know, just kind of open some eyes on uh, such a kind of a beautiful soul in a way. Like yeah. I, I just I, when I watch her films, like it's one of those things. You know, she is adorable. She is pretty. You know, she has sex. She has boobs. Big deal. But <laughs> she really carries the films. And it's it. You know, if you took the hardcore pornography out of it, you would have kind of some really, really awesome sex comedies mm-hmm. from the eighties. And that's, I think that's why I'm kind of drawn to it. Yeah. And well, plus boobs.
0: So, oh, yeah, well, it, it is a sh- shame that she didn't kind of jump to more kind of mainstream acting that it said sounds like the adult industry kind of yeah, kept her that in a, in a way.
2: That's kind of what she wanted is from what I gathered. Um, I did a couple interviews here and there for people that actually didn't want to be, you know, uh, named in the article. Mm-hmm. Um, that did know her personally, and and that was one thing. I didn't want to go into too much detail because I didn't want to like, kind of, you know, it, people on the internet are are weird. Um, <laughs> but yeah, she did really try to become more mainstream, and she just couldn't make it. Yeah, and I think that has to deal with awkwardness in her uh, in her roles. Um, you could tell she was awkward. It wasn't awkward because of pornography; she's just an awkward person. But that was part of her charm and why she was so charismatic.
0: Hmm. Interesting. Well, there's uh, some good stuff for all of you people to read over there on the site at the if you haven't uh if you haven't yet. Um it's in the evening so I'm not drinking any coffee so I can't really plug what I'm drinking. <laughs> I'm drinking a vodka and Coke Zero. Wow.
1: <laughs> He's been a bit classy.
0: Hard um floor. but uh, of course, you know, visit our our sponsors go to uh the slash sponsors and give all them uh some love. Of course, Coffee Shop of Horrors and uh, grindhousevideo.com and if you purchase anything from those two and send us send us an email at readme dot or readme at the com of your transaction we'll enter you in the hat to for our next drawing so we've already received some a couple of those which is cool
2: what kind of hat is it do you really do a hat (laughs)
0: Yeah, I have like this stupid fedora that I bought in. I, you know what? I was of just going to say,
2: you mm. motherfucker, you probably own a fedora. <laughs>
3: Please <laughs> I tell never, me that right. it's at least like purple leopard print that you got from like Six Flags Great America. Uh, no. It's, so that it's not serious?
0: It's serious. But it's like beach. It's like beach, y- it's, it's wait, like wait, wait, wait. beach serious, though. Sorry. It's beach by the beach.
2: serious. What no. Fuck?
3: All right, the here, you know. let's go
2: worse. back. I want to
0: go back to a couple tweets. <laughs> I, I, <laughs> I don't pre- wear it anymore. Wait, wait, wait. I want to go back. Edited. I want to
2: burn it. <laughs> I want to go back, and I want to. I want to say, from a uh, from a shit. one of our listeners made a tweet saying, "How many times does Brad Henderson eye roll?" And I was like, "You know what? I've actually <laughs> never eye rolled at Sean. Sean has some crazy opinions, but I think it's uh, all in good fun, and we do you know friendly bashing. But that was a total fucking eye roll. <laughs> <this door.
0: laughs> I seriously on. wore it for a while. Thought it looked cool. A while." Uh,
3: you thought well. I'm here to tell you. A few years back, uh, you thought it's wrong, a rape Sean. hat. <laughs> it's a rape. Okay, a hey, rape hey, hey, hat. hey, hey. That no. <laughs> all right, <laughs> no.
0: To be Three fair, a lot of people were wearing them. No. To be fair, everyone
3: who wore them all looked terrible. <laughs> <laughs> but
0: uh, I like the, on I like this, I like the Brad hat. thinks that he's made amazing fashion choices his entire life. Who you?
1: I have
0: <laughs> all right, moving along, let's uh jump into what's on our doorstep
3: hey <laughs> I, I I'm gonna interrupt you. I think that before <laughs> we jump into what's on our doorstep, we should take a quick second to acknowledge that Angus Grimm passed away today,
1: oh
0: shit, yes,
3: because yep. that is some some serious you know horror iconography that we lost today and I mean, it's it, it's always sad when we lose somebody, but at least you know he did lead, he did lead a very long yeah. and fulfilling life. So we at least have that to be fortunate. This wasn't some you know shocking, recent, yeah. you know, out of nowhere kind of event. But um, I don't know if you guys ever had the opportunity to meet Angus, but you know I, I had the chance to, and he was just such a pleasant. Human being, just very professional, very kind, very courteous, uh, excellent listener, and just a very warm person. And uh, I think you know a a lot of people were expressing the the same sentiments. And you know, it's it's a bummer that we that we lost him, but you know, it's it's nice to know that we had somebody that was such a genuinely good person to uh, have such a great impact on. On a genre that we all love so yeah. much, so. he seems
0: to have loved. Uh, whenever he was at the conventions, like people have had really great stories of meeting him. At oh conventions yeah, and like that. absolutely. I, he
3: he loved, loved 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 taking pictures with people. You know, he a, a lot of a lot of fans. You know, or uh, a lot of celebrities hated. You know, and fans would you know make you say your famous lines or whatever. But <laughs> you know, the the one convention that I saw him at, he must have said boy like 85 <laughs> billion times. And he just, he loved it every single time. Yeah, that's and cool. That, that, that just says a lot about him. And he, you know, really loved his fans and he's, he's, he was a cool dude. Yeah. So, I mean, rest in peace, Angus Grimm, you have a as fuck name and you're awesome. Yes,
1: sir.
0: <laughs> Brad, did you okay. have anything to say about Angus Grimm?
2: Um, no, I mean, I watched the, watched his movies growing up. So, you know, it was, uh, I saw Phantasm at a very young age, and it kind of creeped that one uh, graveyard scene—or not graveyard—is dream sequence where he wakes up and the like the zombies like reach up out of the ground and like grab him when he's in bed. Oh, that kind yeah. of freaked me out when I was little, but um, you know, is just piggybacking on what um, yeah. BJ said. It was just uh, he was. I met him one time at a convention. He was just very nice. He was actually sitting next to George Romero, and both of those guys are, you know, George Romero is the same way. He's just a very nice um, and honest person, and uh, just – he's there for a reason, you know, and and Angus uh, Scrim was just happy to be there. And I, you know, just went up – I didn't ask for an autograph. I said I'm not an autograph person, but just went up and shook his hand, and, um, you know, he just said thank you. And uh, that's pretty much it. I mean, it is just it is really sad that we uh, lose um, these people that are kind of close to us because, uh, you know, people always say, like, so why does celebrity deaths affect you? You don't know the person. Well, when you kind of grow up with the person, you know, and watch a lot of their movies and they're kind of a staple in your childhood, st- Phantasms is a staple in mine. You know, it's one of my favorite, uh, favorite horror films and, you know, uh, e- even the whole series, uh, aside from four, I guess. Five's not that great either, but, um, <laughs> um, one through three, I think are, uh, it had a huge impact on me. Um, that as even when I was growing up writing weird is okay. Cause those movies are ultra weird. And, um, you know, it's kind of a nightmarish, weirdish horror film. And I, I've always adored that. And he portrayed that character in such a sinister way. Um, you know and then you meet him in real life and he's just so nice it's 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 funny to watch him immediately turn into the tall man right so yeah he'll be missed
0: yeah absolutely cool. all right and uh with that let's jump into what's on our doorstep
1: holy cow i almost forgot we'll get the door <laughs>
3: I will go first. I'll try to blow through them. (laughs) Uh, I'll try to blow through them. I actually, um, for as much time as I've been gone, I haven't really gotten a chance to watch a whole lot of new things. I've done a lot of rewatching of things that um, I love, so I'll try not to um, rehash those. I'll just do the stuff that's new that I've seen. Um, Like everyone else in America, I binge-watched Making a Murderer. (laughs) Um... It just makes me angry. Um, I couldn't the whole- sleep.
0: Did, did, did you have nights like that? If you did, you if you stopped watching it, like I couldn't sleep until I saw the next episode.
3: Well, what's weird about it is that the events. I mean, I always tell people, you know, I'm from Chicago, which I am, but where my parents live is uh, in a suburb that's you know the midpoint between Chicago and Milwaukee, and it's right on the the border of Illinois and Wisconsin. So growing up, you know, we were like, you can throw a rock off my roof and hit the Wisconsin state line. Mm -hmm. That's not an exaggeration. So growing up, um, you know, we were in very, like very close proximity to where that took place. So when this stuff came out, you know, I immediately called my mom and I was like, Hey, uh, do you remember any of this? She's like, "Yeah, it was a huge fucking deal." And she knew everything about it, I guess when it was happening cuz my mom's like a true crime junkie and uh, you know, she worked at home um my whole life so i guess she like followed it she's my mom's one of those people that like when like the casey anthony stuff was going on or like john Bonnet ramsey like she was like that creepy person who like all the like, conspiracy theories and like just was glued to the tv so when the Stephen avery case was going on like she was doing that um like as it happened so when i told her about the documentary she's like oh yeah no they totally set him up and so then i turned into my mom about it um and then, uh, <laughs> like, two days later, uh, I got a call from the uh, Manitowoc County uh, Animal Shelter, because my sister's trying to adopt a dog, and that's where the shelter was. I was like, ah, fuck, I can't escape this place. Um, anyway, uh, so I binge-watched that. It just makes me angry and hate the world more than anything. Um, so I watched that. Uh, I saw Star Wars. I uh, really, really enjoyed it. Um, but mean who fucking didn't um i saw uh, manson family reunion or vacay- uh, vacation. vacation thank you manson <laughs> family vacation uh really liked that a lot more than i thought i would um it's
2: pretty it's pleasant it's a pleasant movie
3: yeah i mean uh duplass brother films are really um hit or miss for me sometimes i really like them or sometimes i think that they're you know, self-serving shit. Um, But this one I really, really liked a lot. Um, I thought it was really endearing and sort of tackled uh, such a strange sort of subject matter that we don't really talk about, um, which is kind of that weird fascination that we have with, uh, like, the sensationalism around tragedy. Um, So that... That that was something that I really liked. Um, uh, I watched Last Shift, but we'll talk about that later. Um, watched Circle. Um,
2: oh, I I remember hearing about it. That's I remember I can see the cover, but I didn't. I never watched it.
3: Yeah, it was uh it was a Netflix find. Um, it's not terrible. Um, very very good idea. Um, I think that it's it's a it's a movie that's trying to say something really important, but doesn't know exactly how to say it. I guess is, um, it, is it
2: the movie where it's like complete darkness and the people are just like in front of one another?
3: Uh, it's not in complete darkness. Um, it's a one. It's in. A, it's a one room. Uh, starts with fifty people and basically they're on what appears to be like an alien ship. And every, like, five seconds or so, somebody dies, and they slowly realize that um, they can control who dies by voting. And it's kind of this, you know, debate of, you know, what about humanity do you value? Like, you know, what is it in humans that we deem more important um, and worthy of life? Um, so like, that's the underlying message, which I found very fascinating because then it brings up all these, you know, it, these debates amongst people, like you get the people that bring up, you know, well, let's kill off all the old people because, you know, they've already lived their lives or, you know, we should kill off this one cause she's gay or we should kill a few because you're poor. Or, you're not even from this country. Like, so it brings up all these, you know, debates that we have all the, all the time, um, of, you know who who is more valuable in life which i really really enjoy um because i i live for shit like that
2: but um you ever see the human race what's that you ever see the human race Uh, movie that that came out like uh, last year but these people are um obviously you know an extraterrestrial being is controlling it but there's like a hundred people that are put on this track. If they stay on the track, they have to walk or run. Um, if you go off the track, your head blows up. Um, huh. And if you're overlapped, no, not. yeah, if you're overlapped, your head blows up. Um, so, and everybody from people and walkers to young young kids are like a hundred people are put on this. Um, on this track and it's the human race and you have to decide whether you are going to bolt if you're going to band together or if you're going to help people i don't know it's kind of it's not a very good movie but the idea of it is really cool
3: yeah um, and that's kind of how i feel about circle is that you know the it has very similar elements to you know this film you're talking about, where the idea and the core of it is very interesting and is everything that I like. Just the execution of it is a little wonky and got some kind of like the deaths aren't that great. Um, but it's it's a nice movie for actors because it's a movie where there it, it's almost entirely dialogue. Um, so there's some really great speeches in it. There's some really great lines. Um, so I, I enjoyed that. Um, it, it, it it's, it's not, it's one of those Netflix finds that you, you know, fucking, I'm just going to watch it. It has three stars. Maybe I'll like it. And it's like, I don't regret watching it. I mean, I'm probably never going to watch it again, but you know, I, yeah. I, I, I'm not going to not recommend it to somebody, um, so that was good. Um, I did a lot of trying to like cram in things before the end of the year to make sure that I saw stuff for uh, my my top 10. Um, but uh, yeah, everything that was on my top 10 list was stuff that I've already talked about on the show. My list is over on icons of fright. If anyone wants to read it... Um, yeah, I'll,
0: put a, I'll put a link in the show notes.
3: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, do
2: uh, yeah, that. I, um, I, yeah I read I read yours uh, last week or so.
3: Yeah, but I want to say for those that are lazy, I'm pretty sure it was...
2: Uh, I'm not even going to
3: bring it up because I don't even know off the top <laughs> of my head. All I know the is my number one... On yeah, um, my number one of the year was spring. Okay, so I know it was spring. This is not going to be in the right order, but I had Spring, It Follows, The Final Girls, Uh, What We Do in the Shadows, Uh, We Are Still Here, Invalid, The Midnight Swim. Oh, God, that's seven. I had three more. What the hell else did I like this year? Oh, God, this is bad. Deathgasm. I had two more. oh shit i'm terrible i don't know i had two other ones it's all that good I we'll, we'll, put, we'll put the link in the show notes.
0: it's all good yeah
3: either we'll way to um,
0: surprise yeah
3: <laughs> yeah so, there go to, you go go,
0: you go to com and
3: yeah everybody. it's in there um pretty much that's kind of all i've seen everything else i watched a shitload of christmas movies i've watched a shitload of wrestling and that's been my like awesome. last two months <laughs>
0: Very cool. I'll go really quick, Brad, and then we'll let you unleash. Let
1: yeah. Let you unleash the out. hounds. Um, <laughs>
0: cause, uh, I've been, I, I, I've been, my wife had some surgery, so I was like, oh, I'll have some downtime to watch some shit. No, I didn't. Uh, cause I'm taking care of four people instead of three. Uh, and I realize how much shit my wife does on a daily basis. Congratulations. And it's ridiculous. Um, but I did get a few things in, uh, that I wouldn't want to mention. Um, I've, I'm Brad mentioned a bone tomahawk last week on your top 10 list. And I'm kicking myself for not including that because that would have been an honorable, honorable mention. If not, I may have moved something off my list to put that up on there, but
2: you should have,
0: <clears throat> I know, uh, the film was the fantastic and we've talked about it like crazy on this and, People have been checking it out based on our recommendations, which is fantastic. But it's, you know, it's one of my favorite Kurt Russell, uh, performances in recent memory and everyone else. The acting is just top notch. And, uh, there's definitely some jaw dropping, holy shit moments in the film. And I would say it's like my favorite kind of humanoid monsters since the descent. So that's, that's all I got to say about Bone Tomahawk. Um, cause we've talked, we, we, we've talked about it to death. Um, next up, I finally got around to watching What We Do in the Shadows. Oh, it's so good. Oh my God. I wish I would have seen this before I did my top 10 list (laughs) because I, it was a horror comedy, so I was kind of like, you know, not really that into it, um, knowing it's a horror comedy. And then I saw that it was going to be kind of like, you know, um, you know, mockumentary style and I was like, oh shit. But it works.
2: Oh, shit. You don't like mockumentaries? It's so
0: smart. I, I think I'd seen so many mockumentaries, you know, you know, there's, there's, you know, like best in show, spinal tap, stuff like that. I think I've saw so many over a time period. I was just kind of done with them, but this hits so many, hits us so many levels. The, the wit, um, the, the filming of it, the characters, you fall in love with these goofy vampire characters and, you just kind of are with them through this, through this thing. And it's just fantastic. It's I'm, I can't believe it took me so long to get to this, but if you haven't seen it yet, I think it's on Netflix streaming. Um,
2: I cried when they said we're werewolves, not swear. Oh
0: my God. Oh, so great. So like good. so many great moments that I, 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 I tried showing my wife it. She got about an hour into it. Um, and she liked that hour, but then she's like, uh, how much longer do we have with this? And she was kind of done. Wow. But um, hey, uh, hey she, she gave it an, an hour. <laughs> so that's that's huge in that department.
2: <laughs> Give it a movie.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> she, what she okay. does, with whenever I bring on a movie that she's unsure of, she goes, okay, well, this movie has 15 minutes to get me hooked into it. Um, yeah. Otherwise, it's going off. And there's, believe me, there's been some, there's been some, uh, almost, you know, knockdown, drag out fights.
3: I've dumped people for less.
0: <laughs> so her giving this an hour was fantastic, especially, especially her being on medication and stuff like that. You know, we'll give it that. We'll, we'll eventually, okay. she will finish it at some point. She but, um, She's
3: excused. I'll but, allow
0: it. But what a fantastic, like, what a great, great horror comedy and, uh. I was just amazed just how much I really, really loved the characters and, uh, them and one of the, the one, the, the one character who, with the mustache, uh, who likens like, uh, uh, no pun intended, no werewolf pun intended, um, who likens like, why, why do we eat versions or drink version blood? And he likens it to like, would you eat a sandwich that's been fucked? I mean, come on, gold, <laughs> gold. So that was great. If you haven't, if you haven't watched it, pl- uh, watch it as soon as possible. It's it's really great. Um, next up, uh, uh, the gift that was on my list for uh, 2015, but this I really, dark. I feel like I haven't really got to talk enough about it. Um, you guys need to watch. You
1: it. You talked about it on the last show.
0: I know, but I it, it's it's in my what we've been it was on our doorstep. I bought the fucking thing, oh. so it's, it's fucking really fucking dark. good. <laughs> And when BJ first told, talked about it, I was like, I need to see this. And, you know, BJ is on the show, so I want to talk about it really quick. So fuck off, Brad. Damn. But uh, The Gift, fantastic. I talked about it last week. Um, definitely, And it was a blind buy. I bought the thing for like $24. Because I was just like, Duh. well, BJ it's said like he this was Pompeii. good.
1: <clears throat>
0: I believe can we were better- discuss
3: what's going on with his face, though? Like, what is going on with his face in that movie? What did they do? (laughs) Like, I'm so confused because he doesn't, I can't remember his name. God, what is his name? Joel.
1: A- Edgerton. Edgerton.
3: yeah yeah he Edgerton. looks a bit
0: off in what's wrong film, with his
3: face he? yes it looks so weird I don't know if it's because they gave him like if it's just because they gave him contacts or yeah, is the it hair the, piece or what's going on the hair but or the
0: he, goatee or something I don't know
3: I don't know what it is but like you know those pictures of when like people put ham on their face and try to pretend they're burn victims <laughs> like that's what he looks like in that movie <laughs> and it makes me so wow. uncomfortable
0: yeah, they did God. something. He doesn't look like that in real life. He has a better no, complexion No, he doesn't.
3: Sure. Right, because I'm watching this movie. I'm like, God, he looks uglier than shit. And then I was like, trying to figure out if he like... I
2: think it was something with his cheekbones. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, like I don't like know they had it the, Like, they had the goatee on him, and then, like, his cheekbones, like... I mean, obviously, he didn't have a lift, but it seems like maybe prosthetics <laughs> were put on there. And I wonder then the if goatee like, kind of amplified. Some
0: jowls like, put on there or something. Oh
2: God! All I
3: know is it made me not excited to look at his face. But,
0: but at this all. movie, though, like I've had so many, so many moments of you know bumping into someone and they remember you and you don't remember them, and you know each yeah. one of those, it's just you know kind of oh I don't you leave and you're like you know my, my wife would be like who was that and I'm like I don't, I don't know <laughs> you know I've had so I've had that s- shit. so many moments like that in my life and. To have it go from just being some weird little uncomfortable moment to being this thing that impacts your life and that turns and that, that this film is like that moment of uncomfortableness like for an hour and a half. And, um, I don't think a film's really affected me like that in quite some, quite some time. So, so it was definitely really good and, and, uh, but one thing I wanted to mention with the with the the Blu-ray, I got it from Best Buy, and like the slipcase, you know, the Rotten Tomatoes, they put those little stickers on there, like, mm-hmm. rot, like to, Rotten it's not Tomatoes. Not a sticker.
2: They like imprint. They, they freaking put.
0: Have. Yeah, they imprint it on the art. So I threw that yeah. thing away. I threw the slipcover away. Fuck that. Shit.
2: Yeah, they did that with John Wick and uh, It Follows as well. <laughs> that's <I think>.
3: obnoxious. <laughs> yeah, <it's so> stupid.
2: <laughs> yeah, it's like it's not a sticker. It's it's printed <laughs> it's, on the. Slip.
0: That's printed. fucking obnoxious. Ugh. All right. And finally, uh I wanted to mention this really quick. Um the movie Stung, which is available
1: <laughs> on streaming.
0: Um I finally gave it a shot. And it's Just like stay awake. It's one of those things like I love the idea, I love the effects. Why wasn't it better? Like it you know, like It's like a, a really movie
3: that
2: <laughs> God, movie
3: like, that bad does not deserve poster art that
0: good. Yeah, like the poster art's there's, there's, there's one, like, not the, like, the flip poster art, right, on the Blu-ray, uh, that is really mm-hmm. fucking good. But.
2: Right! And, uh,
0: it's like, you God, have, like, this angry. party down set up, which I was gonna
2: say it's the worst episode of party Hornets down. the world. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> the effects are great, uh. These giant wasp things. There's just so much more they could have done. They they didn't. It has really a silly. few moments of it does
2: have that. that I dug. A couple moments here or there, like when but, the wasp like lifts out of the person's body. Yeah, like that's super cool. But dude, that movie's just so bland and fucking dull.
0: It's a lot of nothing to get to something.
2: Yeah, and it's yep. like, which
0: may resonate in a little bit.
2: Dude, that movie feels like it's four hours long. <laughs> like,
0: yeah. Oh. It's, it's a, It really is unfortunate. It's
2: fairly quickly, you know? Yeah. Uh, just save your time and watch a movie called Infested. It's a lot better.
0: Or Mosquito, right, Brad?
2: Uh, Mosquito's a shit. Damn.
0: So Dude, I or love ticks. Mosquito. Watch ticks. Skeeter. Skeeter. Skeeter is, is better. Yeah, Skeeter
3: is better than stung.
0: Yeah. Well, anyway, that was my, uh, what's on my doorstep? That was a pretty good doorstep.
2: All right, um... I'm gonna blow through mine fairly quickly because I got a lot. So first blow up, it. I
0: blow what? it hard.
2: Alright, I under, I don't understand <laughs> how this movie is made. Um, I can't wait till it kinda pops up on Netflix and people go apeshit about it, but I'm gonna be the first to tell you, this is fucking weird. Um this movie's called Wrecker, and it is a carbon copy of fucking duel. And even though they say it's an homage and shit, this shit rips off specific scenes from Duel. All the tense situations, <laughs> like um, you know, two girls on a road trip in a fucking bright red Mustang. I don't know why you would choose a fucking bright red Mustang. And he, sh- and the filmmaker wants to show the car off like he just bought it, so he's gonna show it off like every fucking shot. Is before we actually or we cut, we're gonna go right to the fucking Mustang, like driving eighty miles per hour down the highway. But anyways, like there are so many things like the one where the sequence where like Dennis Weaver, like the smoke is blowing in the fucking car, so he pull you know, drives around it, then the fucking truck speeds up and gets in front of him, and then he's like, motherfucker, and then he drives around and gets in front again, and then the truck drives up and then waves for him to go. And then he does, and there's oncoming traffic. That sequence happens in this movie, the sequence where they go to get gas, and you know, like the sequence where Dennis Weaver is in duel. He's trying to watch the guy with his boots, trying to walk across and then see if he can see him, but things keep on getting in the way, and he can't see the driver. That sequence happens in the movie. The two girls go to a diner,
1: <laughs> and they're
2: looking around, and they're like, oh, my God, who can it be? And they see the truck, and they're like looking at everybody and looking at them, and they're trying to decide who actually is driving that truck. And they go up to a person and call them out for following them, and then it doesn't turn out to be them. It's a fucking shot for shot, but there's no reference. There's no based on. There's no remake. It's just a flat-out ripoff of fucking Duel. It's insane nice like this this is something this, this is plagiarism is what it is like I understand like you know Joyride takes a lot of things from duel but Joyride is its own movie it uses homages you know they homage from duel and you know road games and stuff like that and they make their own movie this directly rips shit off and it's insane
3: is this so, like how uh, lockout directly it, rips shit and Escape from New York?
0: Whatever. So, no, yeah. it doesn't. Lockout's fucking awesome. Just talking you would about it. Like, you would like Lockout.
2: Um, <laughs> and
3: that's why no, this they is, have to it, pay $20 million. <laughs> okay,
2: bye. Yeah, like this is something like, I, I don't know when it's going to happen, but it feels like at some point we're going to hear about this again and someone's going to be suing somebody. Because it's it's just too blatant. Like, it's, it's shot for shot, almost. Um, it's just not a very... And it also, like, it's just... It's poorly made. Um, it's a very, you know... Like I said, how many times can we actually show the car? And it's a bright red Mustang. And it's one of those things where if you want your people to connect with a character, don't give them a fucking 2017 fucking... Hybrid Mustang or whatever they're <laughs> driving, give them something normal. Because once you see that fucking Mustang, you're like, that's a douchebag. You know, you got to give somebody an older car is more down to earth. People when you in cinema, so give them a fucking jalopy or something. So, anyways, not a very uh, not a very good movie either, but um, definitely a ripoff of Duel. Um, second is a movie I thoroughly enjoyed immensely. I don't care how many people hate Max Landis, but American ultra is fucking funny. Oh yeah. Oh my God. It's and, so good. And it's so good. And I was so pleasantly surprised by this movie, uh, total like eighties throwback to action movies. Um, it's just the perfect blend of like action, comedy and drama. Like the dramas, the dramatic sequences are really, really good. It's really funny at times. The action is fucking phenomenal. Um, and just some of the dialogue is just spot on. I didn't really care for the dialogue between the, like the CAI, CIA operatives because it felt a little childish. But I guess that was kind of what they were going for, like that 80s feel where, you know, they weren't strictly professional. It's like almost like little kids bickering back and forth. Yeah. But this, when he <laughs> bought fireworks from John Leguizamo and he <laughs> says, hey, man, you want to do some acid? He's like. And go to the titty bar. He's like, dude, it's eight fifteen in the morning. (laughs) (laughs) But anyways, uh, John Leguizamo was great in it. But it was, uh, you know, I'm not a big Kristen Stewart fan, but um, you know, she plays Kristen Stewart, which it's fine. She shrugs
0: shrugs and mumbles her way through it.
2: But I think it's one of those things where you have. Kind of, I mean, John Leguizamo is definitely a character actor, but Jesse Jesse Eisenberg and Kristen Stewart play the same characters every fucking movie. But um, with this, I don't know if it was just how it was directed or if I was just really digging it at the time, Um, but they do really, really well. But I guess this is the kind of roles they're made for in a way. Um, But anyways, definitely go see it. Um,
0: Yeah, it's fun. It's definitely worth a watch. I Mm.
2: really, really love that movie. Um, second was, um, or third, was a film called Kill Game, which was originally pranked. It was P-R-A-N-K apostrophe D. Yes. Oh, man. We're <laughs> so,
0: to the youth. Oh, God. So
2: um, okay. Kill Game is a very much um, I-know-what-you-did-last-summer type story where these – few characters that are close friends they have a friend die um it he dies uh three years to the date of somebody else that they knew that they accidentally killed um and then someone comes back to kill them all and it's very very like 1998-esque like 97-98 when those like scream things were happening all those films like valentine and you oh know, shit I,
3: this is so up my alley
2: yeah yeah <laughs> And it you know, the, the mask, the killer's mask is fucking great. Um the kills are really, really fun, they're creative. Um but it's very much like, you know, we're stuck in nineteen ninety eight with a direct video uh horror film that runs an hour and forty five minutes and feels like a soap opera half the time. Because when they pour the drama when they pour the drama on in this movie I feel like it's fucking Young and the Restless or some shit.
3: Is everyone Um, screaming like they're going for the Oscars? Yes, they're fucking
2: overacting, they're screaming. And it's like, I couldn't, I was laughing every time because they would say, um, well, it's so-and-so. Well, they're not a suspect. No, I know them. They wouldn't do this.
1: Like, everybody (laughs) fucking says that
2: for people they love. Um, but it's extremely predictable. It goes on for way, way too long, but it does have some creepy, uh, moments and, um, the killer, the outfit, you know, it's like boots and a long trench coat and a big machete with this fucking granny mask. It's really effective in that sense, but all in all, you know, kind of by the books, uh, slasher film, um, Next up was um, – I have nothing bad to say about this movie. However, I did not like it. Um, it's called Condemned. It's um, a rich uh, a rich family. This, this daughter, her family is always bickering and kind of an abusive family. So she runs away with her boyfriend, and he lives in this fucking apartment complex that's basically condemned. And these bo- people are just getting by by living there. And, but they're not making any payments like the electricity's on but I mean walls are falling down rats are everywhere and it's just a bunch of criminal like low lives that live in there and her boyfriend lives with a few people in this um, in this uh, apartment complex um, An infection spreads and people get infected and they turn into murderous beings um, It's very trauma a toxic avenger, uh, street trash, um, that kind of goopy horror, that gross like pus-filled horror. Um, mm. You know, it, it's it's got a lot of that. It's it's, it's very um, it's very throwbackish, but it doesn't ever want to kind of get in that realm. Like it has this kind of like small sense score. They don't overplay it, though, you know, because it's one of those things where it's like everybody's fucking doing sense scores these days. Yeah, um, but they really want to limit when it plays because it's a really kind of cool sound and a really cool um, score for the like the main score for the film. They only played it at right moments. The fucking special effects are incredible for the most part. They do throw in some CGI uh, gore here or there, but. I mean, I really think a lot of the budget did go to the special effects because the infected people like have boils and fucking you know pus pus bucket. Just I mean, it's just like fucking gross shit that's happening in the film. Um, however, it's it's nothing new. It's the same film that we've seen a thousand times um, from trauma and Apartment Complex being trapped in and and just gross horror. It doesn't really give anything new. It just is one of those, um, you know, Night of the Demons-esque films where we hate everybody and it's just fun to see everything unfold. Yeah. but I don't know. I see I really didn't grab me. But I admire the film. Um, I, I I do respect it because it it definitely um, has this kind of cool feel. But it the movie isn't there. You know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. it's a really fun fun idea and concept, and um, you know it doesn't do anything wrong. It just I guess I'm in the I was in the mood to probably see something. That would really please me. It's something I do want to watch again because now I know what to expect. Because um, I really didn't know what I was watching when I very first put it in. I didn't know what I was getting into. I didn't know it was a throwback. I didn't know anything. And watching it unfold, that was a lot of fun. But it just it didn't grab me or anything like that. So uh, check it out. It's on Blu-ray, I think, out out now. Um, next up, oh, I hope BJ has seen this because this would be great for her to talk about. I got to watch Eli Ross' new movie, Knock Knock. Oh,
3: don't get me fucking
2: started. <laughs> Pizza? I, Pizza? I, That's all I, I, I know. I cannot <laughs> believe that this is a movie. Um, this, this movie feels it's, like... It, mm-hmm a fucking horny ass 13 year old kid who has no idea how human interaction work wrote this fucking movie. Um, Uh,
3: you mean, you mean an, Eli Roth
0: film? (laughs) You mean Eli Roth?
2: Well, the person that's writing this, uh, this, uh, these films, like this, this is a funny story. Whenever, um, aftershock aftershock came out and then, um, and then the Stranger, and this is uh, both of those films where Nicholas Lopez, Eli Roth, um, kind of, you know, bro horror, bro, bro, bro horror films. Um, and I made a comment on um, on Twitter one time, and I said, "The Green Inferno" and or Oh no, no, I saw Green Inferno first. I'm sorry. Let, let me take that back. It saw Aftershock and then I saw Green Inferno. After I saw Green Inferno at Fantastic Fest, I tweeted, I said, Aftershock and Green Inferno feels like the same fucking movie. Um, because it has the same actors, it uses the same camera, it you know, it just feels the same, it feels it has the exact same dialogue. The movies just feel identical. And Nicholas Lopez got into an argument with me at Twitter war he said then you didn't watch the movies then and i said well i did fucking watch the movies i'm sorry but it feels like the same movie it feels like you film these movies back to back i shit you not when i was at fantastic fest and they premiered the stranger those motherfuckers were up on stage and they said we they got so much from the government to make um you know they had a budget so they decided to make four movies back to back and ugh. this is the fourth one. <laughs> fucking The Stranger, Knock Knock, Fucking Aftershock, Green Inferno, they all feel the same. And this is right in there with their. But they they get Keanu Reeves, who I like, but gives the worst performance of his life. <laughs> because
3: he's phoning it in. You can tell he, he does, was like,
2: ugh. Well, he does I need a total paycheck. He does total cage rage moments in this movie to the point where you're laughing chance watch yep. this and I'm watching it and I'm like this is like is this Eli Ross like idea of having a good night Is these just two girls show up to fuck him? Yep. Like, you know, and I was I was thinking, all right, we're about forty five minutes in the movie. There's gonna be some overall plot of why they want to get in there. Nope. Nope. You don't get that either. It's just like, come on, man. Like this is this is the worst like if you're gonna the most self
3: serving piece of shit I've seen in so long and I just I don't understand how people keep giving him money. I don't understand. We'll
2: we'll see, because this is four movies. They had the budget. We'll see what he does next because this is this is done. They had the budget, they had like four million dollars for like you know, all these films, which is mind blowing that they spent just that little but the films look terrible. Oh, whatever God, camera yeah. they're using, like you like the fucking camera's like plugged into a goat or something. I don't know what the <laughs> fuck is happening.
0: It has the worst fucking It's like goat simulator <laughs> game like fucking use you know,
2: red or fucking use your phone or something, because even an <laughs> iPhone shoots better than that. But one yep. thing I really hated about the film is that you have these two girls that show up, that show up at this married man's house who's happily married, who's a good father. I'm a good father. <laughs> he says that a million times in the film, but um, you know, it's one of those things where you want the film to kind of teeter on you know temptation and desires or a taboo 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 subject. It never does that. You know, you have films like maybe like The Babysitter with Alicia Silverstone, where you know you have three men that are infatuated with this girl that plays with temptation and taboo, and it's interesting. This isn't. It's just like, what the fuck do you keep doing, and why? Why? Why do you have this girl pretend that she's a fucking baby, a little girl, and that he basically just raped a child? Like how like why do you have to play that button for so long? Like if they wanted to do it for, you know, because she pretends like she's fucking 15, you know, oh you're you're a pedophile now because you fucked a 15 year old. Well, okay, that's fun to maybe play with for a second, but they really play that note. And it was just extremely uncomfortable uh throughout throughout because the movie that you had to keep seeing it.
3: Because he doesn't understand how
1: Human
2: interaction works?
3: <laughs> <laughs> yes, he does understand it. Because what it is, is because in his mind, in his
2: fucking mind... Yes,
3: that's Eli it, Roth.
2: We're really? watching Eli Roth. It,
3: yes, because in his mind, he's th- you said to yourself with the, like, I'm a good father. When you keep pounding the I'm a good father line, it makes it, you know, oh, the, the, by him being a good father, that vilifies the girls, because he's a good man. No. But then, when you play this, you know, pedophile thing, oh, that makes him a bad a bad person and it makes you know them the victims it's like no no no, it makes you a shitty person for you know kind of playing and kind of exploiting yeah. this this through line of pedophilia when like it's not it's not cool like yeah. you don't show something like that <laughs> yeah
1: like, and, oh, and, and but
3: suddenly she's not 15 therefore it's okay like no no fuck off dude
2: Yeah, and it's just one of those things where they try to iterate, reiterate that he's a good person. How many shots? Like they strategically put family photos in every fucking shot of that movie. The hallways are fucking lined with family photos, and like writing "I like come" on the little girl's face on the photo. Like, really, motherfucker? Like that's like, you know, do we really have to go there with this movie? Like, like if you're making, if you're a fucking phenomenal filmmaker, if you're Tarantino and you do that, you can maybe get away with it if it's in context. But when you're fucking Eli Roth and all you do is make rape bro movies, fuck you. Ugh. So, anyways, fuck knock knock. Fuck yeah,
3: I, <laughs> it's real. I, it's real awful. It's I really real don't bad. think
2: Eli Roth can come back. I mean, I did like the guy after Hostel. I, I do enjoy a Hostel one and two. I enjoy Cabin Fever, um, but. I mean, his kind of where he's going now. No, I'm not digging it, bro. So, anyways, nope. uh, moving along to uh, a stubborn title here. They released uh, Christopher Lee um, as Count Cal- Dracula. Um, this is directed by Jess Franco. I'm not a Jess Franco fan at all because I just, he, you know, has made a billion movies and he has like one good one, um, but. <laughs> I actually enjoyed this one. It's a PG-13 horror film, which is weird, uh, based on Dracula, um, but definitely uh, one of Franco's better films.
0: Did they um,
1: have
2: PG-13
0: back in 1970? Or did you yeah. just feel that way? Was it just PG? PG-13 came about after uh, uh, Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom and Gremlins. Okay. It came
3: out after Gremlins.
0: So it, was probably, it was probably PG, though, because...
3: Okay, I thought Gremlins was PG, and then people freaked out about it. Yeah, and something like that. Like, we need PG thirteen.
2: Yeah, I did not know that. I don't
3: know. It's probably re. It's probably re-rated for um, the release.
2: Yeah. Mm. Well, okay, so PG and it is and it is a PG film, which is just Franco made a PG movie. <laughs> I can't believe I'm actually saying that. I didn't know. I just thought this was like a hypersexualized Count Dracula movie where he fucks his like three brides all the time. <laughs> but it's not. It's it's kind of like a, a, a you know Count Dracula exists. They know they know he exists, but they're kind of unaware that he's this powerful vampire. Um, and it kind of goes into this kind of psychological uh, standpoint um, where Dracula can drive people crazy. Huh, that's cool. Um, got a great score, um, and the special features are really fucking good on this i actually checked this one out because the the transfer is really really bad um with this with this blu-ray so i was kind of hoping they would Mm. um give a little bit more and and they do they have this really really good um um kind of interview with uh christopher Gans who did who did um like brotherhood of the wolf the necronomicon movie okay uh, crying Freeman, uh, really, really good filmmaker. And it in to his, uh, kind of goes into his kind of infatuation and appreciation uh, for for this spe- specific film, uh, this Franco, Franco movie. Which um, one thing I do like about Franco is that he knows how to film a movie. His film, films look gorgeous. Um, they look really, really good. It's just that I don't know if it's a lost in translation thing where we kind of – disembark from how things are actually supposed to be played out to what we think they're supposed to say. And they're saying, saying something completely different, mainly because the person that's typing the subtitles really doesn't speak the language. Um, However, this is not like that. It is, um, you know, it does have, has a couple, um, uh, I think, Sp- like, a couple Spanish actors here or there, um, and a couple um, Italian, uh, like Soledad Miranda is um, is in the film. And she's cute as a button, I tell you what. Oh, yeah. uh, I know that we talked about her when we talked about Vampire Lesbos, and She Killed an Ecstasy. Um, but just a, you know, it, a really decent movie. I had nothing wrong with it, and the score is fucking great. Sounds good. It's just the transfer, isn't that... Uh, huh. That great, but you should but, pick. Everybody should pick it up. If you like, I know there's like a million Dracula movies. That was another thing, is that there are so many fucking Dracula movies, and um, not all of them are so great. Oh, another thing, there's this fucking special feature on here where Christopher Lee reads Dracula. Oh, Brom Stoker's are Dracula. Are you kidding me? Fucking great.
0: Oh my so god. So good. I
2: didn't, I didn't get to watch the whole entire thing.
0: Is it? But, uh, I would download or, that. Or listen, I would rip that and download that to my iPad ipod or iphone or listen to it it's
2: it's a lot a lot of fun it's you know the special features are really good on the disc so it's definitely worth it i just think um you know severin really did go all out on the special features mainly probably to make up for the poor transfer
1: because
2: i'm guessing maybe the film has been destroyed they don't really go into detail of why
0: yeah their Um, their other release they talk about like the transfers and stuff like this one on the count dracula one there's like no mention that all about the transfer, you know?
2: Yeah. It's, it's really bad. It It says
0: remastered, but it looks
2: like a VHS. It looks like a VHS, Hmm. uh, print. Um, so next up, um, unless it's like a really shitty eight millimeter, um, print, that could be it too. Um, next up we have very underwhelming movie. I didn't really go in and think it was going to be all that great, but it's called tiger house. Um, it's a home invasion movie. Um, four men break into a home to kidnap and score money um it plays out like every home invasion movie as soon as it starts like the foreshadowing with things like oh let me lock this window and let me put the key over here because you're not going to need that later to get out of this window you know, that, that type of shit. Yeah. Um, it's just it, it's a very by the books, by the numbers, home invasion movie where, you know, you have the four really bad guys. But the one guy isn't so bad and kind of, you know, friends, the people at the house. It was just like another kind of like soap opera, like USA uh, Lifetime. This is a lifetime home invasion movie. Let's <laughs> put it that way.
0: Um, who's not, who's not, distributing this? I, I think I saw this first. I think cheap. Magnet.
2: Magnet. Magnet, was, okay.
0: Uh, yeah, because you're great. like 12 I think bucks I think it's best on buy. Netflix. Ne- Netflix too, yeah, okay.
2: Yeah, I think it's one of those things that appeared on Netflix out of the blue. Um, not that great. Um, one thing I do want to mention in one sentence, I watched the movie Super Fast. Um, it is a parody of the Fast and the Furious movies oh by that uh, free no. lamb and like uh, – what's the other guy's name? Oh. Like Sir- Sirkin Severin – so, Sulkin, whatever. So who gives a fuck? Free, Friedberg and
0: yeah, uh, whatever. Seltzer?
2: How do these guys keep making
0: movies? There's got to be some sort of tax loophole or something. Like, that this talking. is
2: like this is their like nine. I looked it up. while, while the movie is planned because it wasn't any good, um, they made they've made nine parody films, it's and that's all like, they've done. But that's like all the, they've the, done.
0: Well, you know, you know the movie, the producers, like how they try to make. You know the pl- whole gist of the producers that they get—they're trying to make a play so uh, offensive and horrible that they'll Spring it'll lose money. That's got to be what they're trying to do.
1: But
2: uh, I'm saying as a as an artist,
0: they're not artists get, though. But
2: no, no, no. But, <laughs> you start off like you start off making a parody. Yeah. But you think you would kind of make at least one movie <laughs> where if you made strict comedies, you would want to make an action or horror film eventually. No, these guys have written fourteen parodies and have directed nine of them.
0: And their idea and it, of parody is like, "Oh, this looks like uh, Superman." <laughs> Doesn't that guy look like <laughs> Superman?
2: That's like the it the is, gist. dude. It is beyond bad. Like. <laughs> I was taking breaks. I went to go poop, and I like play, I let the movie play. I turned it up so I could hear it. You know, I, I like you know, masturbated during it. Oh no, no, I didn't look. No, I didn't no, look at the screen. No. That's um, it's a really awful, awful movie. Please tell me there's
3: at least a joke where whoever's playing the Paul Walker character is replaced by another actor in the middle of it, and they just never address it.
2: <laughs> no, they're actually
0: it was <laughs> really be too weird. Witty.
2: They um. All the characters, their character names are the um, the actors' real names in the film. Mm. So, like Detective Dwayne Johnson and fucking Michelle <laughs> oh and God. Vin, but Paul Walker's character is Lucas, which I thought <laughs> oh. was kind of interesting. They, they didn't. I think they were trying to be maybe a little too respectful. For that, yeah. But um, the only funny thing about it is that the guy that plays the rock character, Dwayne Johnson's character, Hobbs, does a fucking spot-on job.
0: Is he at least profusely sweating through the whole? No, thing?
2: No, he keeps put, like all through the film. He keeps putting baby oil on. <laughs> <laughs> that was the only funny thing. Uh, but the only reason okay. they, that's funny is because they make that joke in fucking Fast, Fast, uh, Fast and Furious Six,
1: <laughs> right?
2: Because Tyrese right. says. Hey Mia, had your baby oil? <laughs> that's the only reason they, they actually were witty enough to think. Oh god, god.
0: okay. Um, that's pretty
2: great. Next up, real quick, I watched the sequel to Sinister. Uh, sinister Two, of course, it's called. Yeah, that
0: comes out this um, week.
2: You know, I was um, I, I consider Sinister probably one film that continually like would scare me, like I uh, watching it, I my heart beats. The the the, uh, the soundtrack for that movie it's That's so unnerving, lawnmower. it's so haunting. That's fucking that lawnmower, lawnmower mm. sequence is horrifying. Like everything about that movie continually is scary. No matter how many times I watch it, and I, I truly love Sinister. So I was really excited to see Sinister too. I didn't get to the theater to see it. Um, it didn't play very long around here. It was yeah, it
0: was in and out.
2: So, um, you know, I was kind of bummed out because you didn't hear a lot about it. So I was, you know, kind of anxious to see it, but not really because I didn't, you know, I wanted to follow up, um, you know, being as as good as the first one. And I really liked how they carried the story with the small role of the detective that's in the first one. Um, he's the lead in this one. I thought that was kind of cool.
3: Former Deputy So-and-so?
2: Yeah, Deputy So-and-so. Yeah. Nice one. Um,
0: that's how he's credited.
2: Yeah. Yeah. It's
1: hilarious. So
2: but he's um you know he does a really great job. It, the film I don't know it lacks it it does what the first one did over again but weaker. Which is crazy um,
1: because I think
0: like you know Scott Derrickson and and C Robert Cargill like they're you know very movie savvy and i'm wondering if they just had to punch this out under that's what it contractual feels like it, 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 it feels like
2: they wrote this you know within a week or two yeah. and hey
0: they had know, doctor strange to move on to so put
2: some put some band-aids on it wrap it up and throw and throw it out there it does have some really great moments i wanted what i wanted was i wanted them to expand the universe mm-hmm. of this you know mr mr boogeyman um, Mr. Boogie, whatever they call him. Um, and they do... Bagul. Bagul, yeah. Well, they call him Mr. Boogie, right?
3: Yeah.
1: like
2: that. So, yeah, we, we actually get too much of Bagul. That's mm. the problem. Um, it makes him not scary. So when he shows up, it's like, oh, that's a character in the movie, rather than kind of like this haunting figure. See, I thought the first um,
0: Sinister was scary up till the end, and the end, I just...
2: Well, that's what they do is with the end of, uh, Sinister, kind of the whole movie of part two is like that. Mm. Like we actually get to know and see how the films are actually made. Um, and it's solely based around ghost children and them getting, moving on to the next house. Mm. Um, They do expand a little bit on the universe uh, with it, which I'm not going to go into detail because that would obviously spoil some people. For things that people haven't seen it. Um, however, they spend way too much time kind of rehashing the first one. They talk way too much about the original film, um, what happened, the characters that were were in it, and to the point where we're watching the first movie over again. It's just not as scary,
1: gotcha.
2: um, especially like the the, the tapes or um, the, the reels that um, we watch of the murders. There's all new reels uh, for the murders. However. Man, they're just not they just don't do it. They're very bland. Um, you know, very uh very not they're not scary. They're not shocking. There's only one. It's probably almost as effective as the lawnmower sequence is really, really good. Um however, it just lacks that power. Have you seen it, BJ? Which, yeah,
3: which was which the alligator. Yep. Yeah, that's the one that got me
2: too. Yeah. I was like, "Oh the shit!" <laughs> yeah, I watched the Ali- I was like, "Holy fuck, man! That's fucking terrifying." Um, however, like most of the most of them are just really bland and just not really. They're not good. Um, so I was, you know, Shannon Sossaman does a great job. Deputy So and So does a great job. I like the abusive husband aspect. Like that, they, they played that really, really well. I thought. Um, however, you know I there think are some. My-
3: my biggest problem with it was um, I, I don't think that the I don't think that the the child actors were all that great. Um, I think that they focused a little too heavy on like you guys need to be spooky kids and not
1: yeah.
3: you need to be good actors and that was uh, it just took me out. Yeah, well,
2: the one thing I didn't like about it is that we are already embedded to loving the one kid and hating the other one. Yeah. Like, that should be something that evolves or devolves yeah. in a way. However, we're like, man, I want this one kid to fucking get ran over by the lawnmower in the first movie. <laughs> you know, you really fucking hate him However, you know, yeah. it, I, I enjoyed the film. I thought it was, you know, did, it's a fun. It's a fun follow-up. Um, you know, it's not bad by any means. I just was probably expecting more because of what the first one uh, created and did.
1: Yeah. Um,
2: and last but not least, oh, go ahead.
3: Um, well, I was just gonna say because like, I I know that when I initially when I initially saw, Sinister um, Two, I saw it in theaters and I actually really enjoyed um, the film, but it's only been like I rewatched it recently. And I disliked it more. Like upon rewatching it, I was just like, "Oh man!" So I think that is a film that when I saw it in the theater and just being kind of immer- like immersed in like this, the sound design and all of that, that really definitely changed my opinion on it. Versus like seeing it at home, um, I think that that. I think that's just really, really, really kind of going to show how drastically the movie-going experience is changing.
1: Hmm.
3: Because, like, I I want to say that when I reviewed it on, like, a What's on Your Doorstep, I want to say that I, like, talked about how much I loved it. But, you know, upon revisiting it at home, like, I just really didn't enjoy it. Hmm. So,
2: I yeah. don't know. I'm kind of curious of what um, my second uh, my second view will be because I'm definitely going to show it to some friends uh, down the line because I, I do I, I thought it was effective for what it wanted to be. I just wanted more.
3: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, a lot of the visuals I think are re- are still really effective. Um, like a lot of the imagery in it, I think is really really powerful, um, which is not that easy to do. Um, especially when working with kids, but um, I just it just isn't quite as powerful of a punch as the first one. But mm. I don't know.
2: Um, oh, and last but not least, I actually watched this tonight, um, right before the before the show, a couple hours before the show, and I was. This movie took me by surprise. Um, have anybody you ever seen uh, like? Uh, I don't know how to pronounce the first name. Sean, maybe you can help me out with it since you're so good at names. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but it's... Uh, it, Sion Sono. Like, Why Don't You Play in Hell and Cold Fish and Suicide uh, uh, Club and all that. Uh, it's one of his movies called Tokyo Tribe. And, and- oh, I've been
3: wanting to see Sian that. Sono,
2: yeah. So, I miss this at Fantastic Fest. I'm not a big fan of kind of... I want. To, I don't want to say this type of cinema because it makes me seem like an asshole. Um, I passed up. Why don't you play in hell at Fantastic Fest? And I watched it when it was released by Draft House, and I really, really liked it. Um, and then when I thought it was a Fantastic Fest, I skipped Tokyo Tribe because it was heard it was a two-hour movie about our Korean or you know Japanese rap battles, <laughs> and I was like. <sighs> I don't speak Japanese. Like, how, why am I going to like a movie where they all rap and it's some fucking West side story? Biggest mistake I've ever made. <laughs> I watched this tonight, man. This movie is so much fucking fun. It is visually stunning. It has some of the best action sequences and fight scenes I've seen. It is over the top. It is silly. Um, it's very charming. The, the lead characters in the film are outstanding. Um, the one girl that plays um, Sunny or Sunmi, Son, she is fucking fantastic. She kicks so much ass in the film. Um, it's just an all-around really, really well-made, batshit, fucking crazy movie. Like It is borderline stupid. Because it's literally a bunch of gangs that rap battle, but they fight at the same time. But there is kind of like this seriousness to it that works. So if you're into anything like this, or any Sean Sonos films, and you like Why Don't You Play in Hell, you'll adore this. And this isn't my type of thing either. I'm not really drawn to these types of um, this Japanese cinema, which is a different, like they have different levels, you know, they have like the really gory over the top stuff. They have, you know, um, the really weird uh, films. They have the J um, you know, they have just kind of your, you know, Yakuza movie. So it's very, not, not two films are the same in, in uh, Japanese cinema. It's kind of all different. Um, so when I say I'm not into this, what does that really mean? I don't know. It's just, sometimes when I look at a film, I'm like, I don't know if I was I'm gonna enjoy that. You know, however, I'm wrong and I'll never doubt Sono again because I really liked why don't you play in hell? and I adored Tokyo tribe. So definitely watch it. Um trust me, it's once you start it, you're gonna think, man, what the fuck am I doing here? Like, you don't know if it's a work of art and magic is happening, or it's just the, the dumbest fucking thing you've ever seen. But once you're about 20 minutes in, you're like, okay, this is actually brilliant. And we are going to watch Rap Battles unfold while we watch, like, badass kung fu. Like, it's really fucking cool. So definitely check it out.
0: Cool. Well, let's jump into our, our feature film? Our... The film we're going to talk about, uh, the main film we're talking about here, this kind of jumps uh, – was actually kind of a happy accident because we last minute chose to do this one because uh, the movies we wanted to watch I wasn't going to have time to get to them. But then um, for our stream screams and our VHS um, segments, this movie actually ties in kind of nicely in a weird way. Uh, to those. So uh, the movie we're talking about today is called Last Shift. It's a 2014 horror film directed by Anthony De Blassi. Do we really have to do this now? i'm I'm literally about to start my first shifts. Anybody in here?
1: You are the lucky rookie to work the
0: very last shift in this mausoleum
2: All 911 calls have been rerouted to the new station, so it should be quiet
1: Sanford Police Department
0: Dancing, flight. I'll destroy
1: your own. The ones that lie within your heart. The ones you pray for. There's so much blood splashing around in there. <laughs> she fell to her knees and bowed to the That's what pain means. It was destined. The king of hell.
0: It's available on streaming, on Netflix. That's also, uh, Magnet releasing, released a Blu-ray with, uh, with some special features thrown on there. So, um, I watched this for the first time the other night. I'm unfamiliar with Anthony de Blasi's work, previous work. This is the first movie that I've seen of his. Uh, everything else I have not seen, but. I'll throw this over to you guys first. Uh, BJ, what are your impressions of Anthony Blasi's Last Shift?
3: So I have a very strange um, feeling on Last Shift. Um, I saw Last Shift on Netflix. It was a just a random find, um, and I was not sure what to expect of it at all. Um, I really, really enjoyed the performance of the lead actress. I think that she is incredibly talented. Um, for those who don't know, um, the film is about a, uh, you know, kind of a, a rookie cop who's working at a police station on, um, Uh, you know, a shift at the station on like the stations last night. Yeah. They're like, close it down. Yeah. They're relocating across town or or whatever. Yeah. So it's the last, the last shift, um, that's going to be going on at that station. And, you know, she's going to close out for the night and then a bunch of weird shit starts happening. Um, so that's pretty much the gist of it. Um, was not sure what to, what to expect. um, but I, I really, really liked it, and I I was kind of blown away by some of the visuals. Some of them, um, you, the the practical visuals I really, really liked. Yeah. Um, I thought the cult aspect of it was fantastic. Um, there are some moments that were genuinely unsettling to me. Um, and I loved it. And then I saw Let Us Pray, and then I did <laughs> not like Last Shift anymore
0: because oh, wow. Let Us
3: Pray is the same movie but far superior. Oh my gosh.
0: You know what? I wanted to have, I didn't have time to get to it, but I was going to watch, um, Let Us Pray like the next night. And I didn't, didn't get to it, but it's still on my shelf waiting to be watched. So that's very interesting.
3: Yeah, I will be, I will be very interested oh, to man. hear your thoughts after you see Let Us Pray. Cause that's what happened. I was like, man, I love last year. This is great. And then I saw Let Us Pray and I was like, man, <laughs> I was like, I don't really like this anymore.
0: Wow. <laughs> that is good. Okay. Because I had the kind of the same reaction to you. I mean, I, I really dug, um, a lot of the aspects of Last Shift. I like the strong, like the, what, the, the actress, um, uh, let's see, is it Juliana Harkavy? Jessica, is it Jessica who's the, uh, who's yeah, the, uh, uh trust uh, your her picture yes. here.
2: Jessica's the main. Actress. Yes. Okay. Yes.
0: Um, I think she's pretty good in the role. Like she, she, you believe her as kind of a rookie cop. She handles it. It's yeah, absolutely. Movie. She
2: looks.
3: She acts like somebody whose <clears throat> whose dad was a cop. Mm-hmm. I mean, and that's that's what I I think I enjoyed yeah. the most about her. Yeah.
0: She, um. She does pretty great. Um, like you said, the prosthetic <laughs> effects. Um, by who are they by? I had it. Lee Grimes, um, are pretty fantastic, and just the last twenty minutes, like, yeah, it goes pretty ape shit. I, I really dug it, but it drug in the middle because there's a time when you're like you're just kind of following her around this empty station, and and weird shit's going on here and there, but it's just like, I don't know, I don't know if it was the lighting or something like that. It just didn't. I was just getting really bored, and then. I kept giving it a shot, waded through, got through all that, and then it got a little bit bashed it, and it ended. And you know, it was all right. I would, I would, if if someone saw this on Netflix, you know, I'd say, yeah, give it a shot if you haven't, you know, if there's nothing else to watch. Oh
3: yeah, I, I, I absolutely would recommend this to people. And like me seeing Let Us Pray doesn't mean that I would not recommend mm-hmm. Last Shift. Like I still, I still enjoy the movie. I still think it's good. I just think Let Us Pray is far superior. Um, and what was funny is that there's a moment in particular in last shift where like, that's when it hooked me. And it was funny because, uh, Rob G on killer V was talking about the film and he said the exact same thing. And it's a moment when another police officer shows up mm-hmm. and is talking to her and then he turns and you see something on him. I don't want to spoil it for anybody who hasn't seen it, but like there's something on him that is not right. And you're like, Oh shit. Um, and that was the moment when I watched it that I was like, all right, yeah, I'm hooked. I'm in like, now you've got me. I forgive you for the last 25 (laughs) minutes of nothing. You know, because that moment alone. it, It like, there's moments in it that are very sixth sense to me where you're, you know, like very similarly to, um, I guess it reminds me a lot of, uh, like the scenes when you know Haley Joel character is like talking to like, the dead bicyclists, who you know looks completely normal, and then like they turn left, and then like something's fucked up. Like there's a lot of stuff like that in Last Shift that is really unsettling, mm-hmm. and like that's the kind of stuff that scares me. Is the stuff that looks normal but isn't, um, the the sort of the illusion of things being okay, but knowing that they're not, that's, those are the the moments that will always affect me. That's why uh, like it follows got to me so bad. Um, And I think that's why I liked um, upon the initial view. That's why I liked uh, last shift so much was
0: because it's a great idea.
3: Absolutely. It's it's a great idea.
0: Maybe a better director would have, Kind of translated those nuances better. I don't know. I, want to I don't hear- know about
3: that, 'cause I, I like I like Anthony De Blasi's work. Okay. Um his other film, um uh Casadaga, Casadega, however you want to pronounce it. I really enjoy that one. Um I don't know if that one's still streaming on Netflix. It was for a while. Um that one's I really liked. I think that one made my top ten when it came out. Um, but that's kind of his style. Um he really hasn't made a movie yet that I didn't like. Okay. Um, but yeah, th- th- this is very much in kind of his wheelhouse. Okay. Of his of how he makes his movies. Um, I'm kind of excited to hear Brad talk yeah, about it. Yeah, Brad, hated your, it, your thoughts so. on
0: uh, last, La, uh, la Pentagram's t- shift. Oh, God. So the the pentagram's, pentagram's the A. Uh-
2: well, one reason I want to preface is that I recently kind of wanted to talk about this is you mentioned it and the movie's been out for a while and I was like, eh, yeah. you know, I don't want to talk about something that old, but however, this movie made a lot of top 10 horror. Uh,
0: yeah. It's been getting a lot, it's been gaining some traction for some reasons. This-
2: and that intrigued me to talk about it because I honestly do not see why anybody really likes this movie.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I think the, there's the idea, the idea of the film, that's, and that's, definitely there are some unsettling moments, and it's, it, an, it's an original it's an original premise. No, uh, it's not. Well, it, it's an original horror, it's not a sequel, it's it's, not, you know what I mean. But there's song, definitely some unsettling it, moments in it.
2: It's It takes the plot of, you know, of Sovereign Precinct 13, but instead of making it the cholo with the gangs, it is a cult, which is kind of the same fucking thing. And are you just, trying to say that cults and cholos are the same thing? No, no. The, the
3: Cholos no. are just cults with bad eyebrows? Is that what you're trying to say?
2: So they call it the Cholo. <laughs> I know. I know.
3: I'm just I'm
2: making don't, a don't joke. Don't fuck with me. Don't fuck with me. <laughs> and, but he uses this kind of like Manson-esque character yeah. to, uh, you know, kind of dive into this this uh, this cult And yes, I do agree that the first 15 minutes of the film are entertaining because you're with her. It's that isolation feeling. You know, she's, you know, getting spooked because anybody would be spooked. Um, However, it goes on for a little too long. But once the flashlight sequence happens and when she's in total darkness, that's when the movie loses me completely. Really? Yeah, that's to the point where (laughs) I was like, you know what? Do I have something else to do? No, I don't, but I'll finish the Senate
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> and just from there on, it just kept like going down like it played every fucking like other movie in the book was in this movie it's all it's all it is is a it's just a mashup of other movies, like you said with the with the cop the sequence that you didn't want to give away. it's the fucking sixth sense when he's like. Hey, come here. Let me show you where my dad keeps his gun. That's the fucking. That's what that's from. It's the almost. The, yeah, the, it really
1: is. <laughs>
2: you know, and it's like it's one of those things where okay, you know, you obviously like all these movies, but like it's like condemned. Do something different. Show me something else. I saw Let Us Pray at Fantastic Fest, and then I saw this, and like this is what 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 this is this? How many police officer movies? that we have to fucking see nowadays where they're fucking trapped and it's like one police officer left. And I don't actually think let us praise that great of a movie, but it's more stylistic. It has a better soundtrack. It looks better. Last Shift just looks cheap. And it is the same fucking camera that fucking Eli Roth probably films on.
1: <laughs> no. See,
3: I don't Here's the weird thing though. I don't think that Last Shift looks cheap. I just yeah. think that the the shots that they have and the effects that they have that are not like re, like uh, like prosthetic make everything look so fucking awful. It's like when you have the, not prosthetic, practical. God, I can speak English, I swear. Um, <laughs> like the practical effects that they have in there are so effective but then it'll be immediately followed up by something that is so littered with bad CGI that it's a lot like the poltergeist remake where the stuff that's good is like really, really well done. And then they immediately give you that bullshit tree and you're like, ah, oh, no. Like,
0: <laughs> hey, my three-year-old when, was pretty scared of that tree. <laughs> I got
3: three, 3 years old <laughs> but,
0: but, three-year-old. <laughs> the,
2: only, the only, you know, the only like effect in the film that actually is great is ruined by the cover because you're yeah. expecting to see that goddamn face somewhere. When it shows up, you're like, Oh, that's the cover of the movie. Oh wait, I'm actually supposed to be scared or taken back by this sequence, but does it look as good as the cover? No, it doesn't. And that's the what photographs I'm, got me. That's, that's we'll what just... I'm through the whole fucking movie. And I'm not saying that it looks cheap. The special effects. I'm saying that, All of DeBals, DeBals, whatever his name is, all his movies that Casadega, oh my god, how fucking, I'm sorry BJ, but that movie is just dreadfully slow (laughs) and just like total like, I don't know, we talked about soap opera earlier, it's like Kill Game, you know, it's just, you have this kind of like neat little story But you have just so much drama poured on. You
3: forget that I live for melodrama.
2: (laughs) I I know, I know. Okay, okay, that's fine. But I'm just saying, like that kind of like, make up your mind. You're either a horror film or you're a drama. If you're a horror film, put your specks of drama in there and play it well. If you're going to be a drama, put your specks of horror in there and play that well.
3: But why like, can't you have both? Like, we have and, genre mashups all the
2: time. So, why can't you have a
3: melodramatic horror maybe, film?
0: Maybe, maybe you find good actors to sell that drama, right? Sure. Is that what you're saying, Brad?
2: You want to have a melodra- melodramatic core film, then make it it follows that plays both sides perfectly. Okay, fair enough. Like, you have, um, you know, uh, we're getting off topic because Last Shift isn't a drama at all. Uh, it's more or less talking about. No,
3: Cast it's not. Sega. It's not.
2: But Dread does the same thing. His other film that he did for like eight films to die for. Or
3: yes. See, I. But I love Dread. I fucking love Dread. And I will because Dread is fucking Carl, mean. Or,
2: that's the that's the that's the Dread I like. <laughs> you see, you thought it was mean. <laughs> I was laughing the whole time everything was happening.
3: Dread is mean. It is mean and that's why i love that movie i don't know maybe uh, <sighs> i i don't know cuz i i hate i hate pulling the card but like maybe it's because i've been on my goddamn deathbed but when i watch the scene in dread where the kid is talking about like losing his hearing again and like that being the thing he's most scared of and then he fucking makes the kid think he's going to go deaf again. Like, I almost throw up every single time I see that scene. Because all I think about is, like, what that would feel like if somebody, as a joke, told me I had cancer again. Like, I would fucking kill myself. Like, that movie is so goddamn mean. And I, I don't know. I think that it's just probably just personal experience. So... It is what it is. I love that movie. but that's neither here nor there. We're talking about lack shift and cults, and we're getting into yeah. a filmography of
2: a director. is that, that they play they play the cult aspect, which i'm I'm a sucker, and I'm super biased when it comes to cult movies. you throw cults in movies the majority of the time, I'm going to dig it. And that's why I went in the last shift, wanting to think it was going to be the best movie in the world because I know it had to deal with cults.
0: Well, you're setting yourself up for failure.
2: Eh, no, I usually don't. <laughs> I, mean, I love Paranormal Activity three because there's a fucking cult in it. I love Mar- Martha May- <laughs> Marlene. I love- see,
3: but that movie's awesome.
2: I love Sound of My Voice. You know, I love Kill List.
1: You mm-hmm. know,
2: those because the cult aspect has to be the scary part. They play the cult aspect too much how the Mansons worked. Or Manson. Um they, they played they play the devil card, they overplay it and oversell it to the point where they keep talking about it and they keep doing the spooky imagery and it just kinda why don't you just fucking sit down and just tell her what you're gonna do is a lot scarier than fucking flickering lights and, you know, Whatever the fuck they were doing with the motion. Like yeah,
0: that's, that's the enough. that's the whole Saw thing. Like that all that all started with like movies like Saw and uh <sighs> and shit like that.
2: I don't know. It just takes me out of the movie. Twitchy cam. Yeah. I know I'm in the minority on this movie because a lot of people love it. It's just that I really don't understand why. Like, because it feels like a by the numbers horror film, it feels like pretty much I watch – I get fucking DVDs in the mail all the time, and nothing really sticks out there too much. I don't even mention this shit on the show because I just feel bad, and that's this is one of those movies that just goes into that pile. Like it's just completely by the numbers, doesn't do anything new or creative or different. It's just all right there right in front of you the whole entire time. And that's why I really don't understand why people love the movie. I don't, I don't think it's a terrible movie by any means. It's just it's just there. Like the movie's just there.
0: Well, I think there's a there's kind of a push for people at least pushing you know non sequels and quote unquote original horror. So I think that's part of it. But nothing and to, else.
1: And I th- yeah, I, think I mean, there's the some derivative
0: moments, but I mean, and it's readily available on on Netflix or so something that people can recommend and that's and, that's,
3: that's, that's the know. big the big thing with it is that so you may not understand it but like so Sean and I both you know experienced you know there are moments that were really unsettling for us so not only is it a film that we admit hey there are some moments in it that are unsettling but it had kind of the kind of the the taking of Deborah Logan effect where
1: mm-hmm. yeah. people
3: really didn't <clears throat> hear about it and then boom here is this movie on Netflix that you can watch that you didn't even know fucking existed. I'm not saying that it's as good as taking Deborah Logan. I'm not saying that at all. What I'm saying is that it had kind of that same drop out of, you know, drop out of the sky impact where now, now there's this movie that you've never heard of. That's creeping people out that all of your friends are talking about that everyone can experience together. So everyone's going into it on the same Level, Like, it isn't yeah. something that, like, hit a bunch of festivals that you've been hearing about, or, like, people have been reviewing for months, and now you're finally getting around to it. Like, everyone's going into it on the same level, critics and fans alike.
0: Yeah, yeah. Think- I mean, you know, two, three years from now, are we going to be talking about Last Shift? Nah, hell no. No, we're not, you know. Yeah. But is it something right now that, yeah, people can are discovering around the same time? Because there is that, like, festival... um everyone just gets, uh, just tired of hearing about it. You know, like, you know, like Duke that happened to Duke where it got a lot of great reviews. Once it was readily available, people are shitting on it. Oh, this, Oh, that's it. You know, uh, same with it follows and you know, that's why are we still here or we're still here?
2: That's people's own problems because that's right. they, they have this hype. Stop fucking like, yeah, they promote the movie. Cause you know, I, I'm, I'm a culprit of that too. Like, we fucking love the movie. We talk about it because the more you talk about it, the more people listen, the more people are going to check it out when it hits. Yeah. But that mean, like, I mean, obviously there are some people that are like, this is the best movie ever made. And yeah, that kind of gets, you know, really boring. And, and I understand like, it has like taking a Deborah Logan, you know, or it just kind of comes out of nowhere. People discover it themselves, but you know, it's just like taking a Deborah Logan is extremely well made and really terrifying at times. I just didn't get that with this. And maybe that's the reason why is because certain people were scared from it, obviously, and it made a lot of top 10 list. People thought this movie was scary. However, I just, I, I well, personally, I thought it was just dreadfully boring.
1: Hmm.
3: I think the, the, but I do think that because no one really knew anything about it, that does also greatly influence how a lot of people are responding to it because they're going in with we we now live in a world where it it's next to impossible to know absolutely nothing about a film. Yeah. I mm-hmm. mean, if even if you haven't read a review, you've, you know, seen a poster Or seen like a deadline fucking post about it or a trailer or something. But if you've seen or heard absolutely nothing, like then it brings out that kind of sense of nostalgia of being, you know, fucking nine years old at the video store and picking something based on the box art alone and watching it. And even if it's shitty, you like it. Like, we all did that when we were kids. And there are so many movies that we love that we probably go back and watch now and we're like, this is garbage. But we have these fond memories of, like... Oh, I picked this on the cover art alone, and that's what we did with this movie: is that we went on Netflix and we had never heard of this movie, but we saw that cover art of that dude's face with a pentagram carved in it, and we went, "Holy shit, what totally. is that? Yeah. I gotta watch it." And then we watched it, and we were like, "Oh, this is so cool. We love it." But we're gonna revisit it in three weeks and go, "What the fuck were we all thinking?"
2: <laughs> yeah, Brad. Probably, maybe maybe yeah. you're
3: just a little smarter than the rest of us. <laughs> what, what do I know?
2: <laughs> it's it's it, it. I will agree with you. Um, on you know to go kind of off topic for a second, there is that mentality of in you, know, you know something that you said, Sean, is that people discover it on by themselves. No one's telling them to do it because it's one of those things that. I have been at festivals and bloggers and critics are guilty of this. And I actually tweeted this the other day. It said as soon as a movie plays at a festival, everybody comes out and is like, this happened with it follows. People come out of there, their faces glowing, they're like, holy shit, oh my god. This is like if Carpenter made a movie when he was like, you know, 19 years old, it's so fucking good, the soundtrack, blah blah blah. And then, you know, after the festival is over and everybody's main, talking about their top 10, then half those people change and they're like, oh, that movie was okay at, you know, the slightest. It was just okay. And then by the time it's released and then the general public sees it and they're like, oh man, that movie's really cool, that same person is like, I don't understand how the fuck anybody likes this movie. Because. We're in a world where people want to have that, where they discover, discover it on their own, and once other people start liking it, then they're like they start shitting on it for some weird reason. And yeah, I'm calling some people out on that, and that is kind of you know gut punching in a way. However, that's how it is. So maybe in that aspect, I can understand why people, uh, because would like the last shift, because this is a festival movie it feels like. This play, this looks and feels like it would play well. It'd be a safe choice for festivals, mm-hmm. and it never went there. It just ended up on Netflix and like the Taking a Deborah Logan. Every, we hate found footage, but everybody likes Taking a Deborah Logan. You know, um, you know, last Shift pops up, everybody seems to like it, which I, I think that the exclusivity is maybe affecting films these days and seeing it first before anybody else, people are getting jealous. So therefore now the movie has to live up to something because, Hey, I've heard about this movie for a year.
0: Oh yeah. And, two years.
2: Yeah. And it's, and it's one of those things where, you know, it's awesome for festivals to, you know, have movies out there, but sometimes it does take too long. But honestly, I think it's, it's putting this thing in people's heads. Like people need to come, like it's not the festival's fault or the people there. It's that people are taking hype personally, and now they're feeling it's a waste of their time when they watch a movie. And that's kind of getting to me. It's like, why do you listen to so much hype? Somebody likes the movie. You go in with it just thinking to yourself, did I like this movie? Didn't I? Not like, I don't understand why people like this movie. That's not the like the thought to have after you watch something. You know, I'm not watching Last Shift and be like, oh, I don't. I why do people like this? No, I'm kind of. I was curious why I was on a people's lot of top ten lists, but after having this conversation, I kind of see why. Yeah. You know, I don't, because, I
0: don't think it's top ten list worthy at all. But as far as you know, a decent fright flick, like yeah, I'm. I'm. It's fine. It's fine with me. It's, and 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 one time too. like I'll never.
3: Like, yeah. I, I fully admit that it made my honorable mentions list because cool. like I did enjoy it. I yeah. really did. But like let us pray also made my honorable mention list <laughs> <laughs> and they're but like, and that's the other thing too. That's like so crazy to me is that those, like both of those movies both came out like right around the same time. And yeah, the
1: same month or something like that.
3: Yeah. And they're so similar and it's like the, but it's such like a weirdly specific thing focus on is like a female rookie cop on like her first night at you know kind of the worst you know patrol station in town and weird stuff happens like that's such a weirdly specific subgenre and two films came out the same time with leads that are like very similar did this play at any festivals I don't think so Because no one was really – like, when it came out, no one was like, oh, yeah, I saw that back at a fest. Because usually when something like that happens, that's the first thing that some dipshit wants to start bragging about. I liked that that movie way
2: before you did.
3: (laughs) Exactly, and I didn't see that anywhere. So I don't think that it did. I think that it just kind of popped out of nowhere.
2: The only place it played was it played at Fright Fest in 2014 in October and then finally released in October of last year in 2015 – so yeah, I mean and and it played in Let Us Pray played I think premiered at uh, Fantastic Fest in September. So yeah, the movies were made at the exact same time.
1: That's
0: crazy. Wow. Yeah, so It's like I got to watch uh Let Us Pray. You should. I
3: I Colin well MacIntosh, isn't it? And then no, uh, what's Nuts from Game of Thrones?
0: Cool. Uh yeah. I said I was, I was going really to try to get these cuz I I figured these would be a good fun double feature. But I didn't get to the second one. Yeah, but, cool. Um, I, I think we've said our piece about uh, about last shift. I mean, I, I mean, I, when I first saw, it, like, when I I saw the cover, and I immediately like texted somebody, I was like, "What is this?" You know, I put out the call. Like, what is this? It's for, a hell of a good of cover. That, that it's a you know? great cover. Yeah. So, um, it intrigued me. Yeah. Well, based on this conversation, if you guys want to check it out, it's on Netflix. Um, the, yeah.
2: Let us know what you think, because I mean, yeah. I know. I know I'm in the minority of that one because I, I literally... No, I, I don't
0: heard think you're in the
2: on, No, I haven't heard anybody shit on it. Oh, I haven't really? heard anybody say uh, they didn't like
0: it. I've, I've, I've seen kind of middling reviews about it, but...
2: Cause everybody <laughs> on P- Killer POV liked it, right? Yeah. Yeah, they all liked it. Hmm. Yeah, I, I thought... I didn't remember them saying anything bad.
0: Well, I think, so. like, you know, Anthony DeBlasi, like, he has a few films under his, under his belt. He's another one, I believe, coming out soon. Um... Who knows with these kind of independent horror flic- flicks, like when we'll actually see it.
2: Oh, he's always working with his wife. His wife is starting to do okay. Films.
0: His newest <laughs> film is going to be most likely to die, but I don't know. I don't see a release date on that. But um, I don't know. I mean, I, he, he, there's a little 10-minute kind of, you know, little piece on the, uh, on the Blu-ray that has them talking about the movie. And you can tell he's a passionate filmmaker. He's not just trying to, you know paint by numbers or anything like that he's generally like a genre fan, so you know he's on my yeah. radar at least at least to give his next film a shot at least so
2: yeah well i've given every film i will give his next one a shot too i mean i'm not gonna you know yeah. stop watching his movies just say he really you know i you know obviously he's making movies that people like because he keeps making them i just they're not doing anything for me just yeah. yet i guess because it's just they're too familiar
0: yeah, well, you've seen a shit ton of movies, so I can see it's how that. Same with
2: out. Condemned. You know, Condemned's not a bad movie, but you know, I imagine a lot of people will like it when they see it. It's just, I don't know. Like yeah. sometimes you can do the same thing over again, and it's still, and if, if it's done well, I don't mind. But it just feels like these things are slapped together because you know it's you know movie lovers making movies for movie lovers, and sometimes that always doesn't work. Yeah,
3: it's like Harry Potter. <laughs> Harry Potter is nothing but a giant mashup of every fantasy fan, like fan service that you can think of. It's just intertwined into one giant story. That's all it is,
0: and therefore, it's amazing.
3: Exactly. I was re- <laughs> that's one of the things I did over break. I rewatched it, and I was like, "Oh, so this is you know, Clash of the Titans. Oh, this is yeah. a Thousand Leagues Under the Sea. Oh, this is Temple of Doom. Oh, this is." God damn it, J.K. Rowling, you're a genius.
0: (laughs) Anyway. All right. I don't want to get into a Harry Potter rabbit trail because I have things I can say. We just, we rewatched those (laughs) within the past couple years with my family. They're the best. All right, moving along here. Um, Our next two movies in this uh, next two segments actually have a lot, kind of have some things in common with The Last Shift as far as, you know, one person knows shit, is seeing shit. Are they crazy?
1: Yeah, yeah, I think all, much all, the all
0: three of, of
2: these films. Yeah. Um, you know, what? for Stream Screams and VHS. Oh my god! <laughs>
0: let's let's go ahead. Oh my god!
2: I can't remember.
0: Let's go ahead and jump into Stream Screams.
2: Nate, wake up!
0: There's
1: something very important I forgot to tell you. Don't fucking scream at me! You scream, I'll break your neck. Don't scream, Miss. <laughs> Don't scream.
0: (laughs) Today we are talking about a 1984 film called Scream for Help.
1: Alone and afraid. Was it her imagination or was it real?
0: He also fixed that fuse box in the basement, it killed that man, but it was meant to kill you. Sweetie, calm down, you're hysterical. Give it to me. Give me that picture. We wouldn't have left the car if we hadn't been running for our lives. Paul Fox was chasing us. Don't you believe me? Hi. I'm upset because my stepfather just tried to murder my mother.
1: No shit. Next time you hear me coming, it's to kill you.
0: You're accusing the man I married of trying to murder me. He fixed this car so it would kill mom. You almost killed both of us because of your lousy driving, and now you want to blame it on your stepfather? Time to
1: die, sweet child.
3: Christy knew their
0: secrets, but nobody believed her until it was too late to scream for help. Brad, of course, Hello. is the mastermind behind these segments here, and he's the one programming these segments. Uh, this is directed by Michael Winner.
2: Michael Winner, uh-huh. yeah! Okay, and, hey, filmmaker, just, just saying
0: that. I mean, Michael Winner's a freaking badass. Yeah. So... You have, you have the to Sentinel, like Michael Death Wish.
2: Yeah, I mean, fucking yeah. The Sentinel is like his, his shit, but yeah, the Death Wish movies. I mean, what, what the fuck? Out this guy is like what directed like the Bible. Um, you know that was a joke. Um, <laughs> but yeah, wasn't a
0: good one. The mechanic.
2: Yeah, uh, firepower, which oh, is uh, like uh, has um, God, who's and Lee Marvin is Lee Marvin? In, is it the one I'm thinking about? But anyways. I don't know. He makes some badass action movies, and you know Tom Holland of all people wrote this script.
0: Yeah, um,
2: (laughs) which I don't know. After we, I've I've watched it twice in the past like couple weeks, um, and then I watched it again, thinking, "Oh, this is such a Tom Holland script." Um, However, it (laughs) this movie cracks me up. It's it. Well, you want to talk about a genre map? Yeah. Like, it's not really, I I think genre mashup might be, maybe not the right thing to say, but this movie starts off such kind of a, like, a prancy-dancy, like, (laughs) teen, you know, oh my god, my stepfather's trying to kill me and my mother, voiceover talking about it, and turns out to be some batshit fucking crazy, like, you know, uh, Last House on the Left (laughs) type ending. Yeah, like, I, It gets really fucking crazy.
0: I wrote down that Scream for Help is like an after-school special from the 80s. In, in 1980s, after-school special with just random R-rated sex thrown in. And some <laughs> weird that is exactly and how
3: I was going to describe it, is <laughs> that it's like an R-rated after-school special.
0: Absolutely ridiculous, especially when she sees... Uh, her stepfather and the uh, other chicken hotel. Like I was kind of shocked at the graphicness of that scene.
2: Yeah, like it comes out of nowhere. Like when the woman, like, um, you know, uh, it was so funny because I made this joke to you earlier that the lead character, because um, I'm just going to say her, that Christy says everybody's first and last name in the movie when she speaks about them. <laughs> she like says Paul Fox. Is, you know, fucking Brenda Ball. You know, and she just keeps <laughs> it and the but the scene between her stepfather and Brenda
0: when I mean, she's getting nailed doggy style. Oh my god. I was like, what? <laughs> I was and, just shocked at the how far. And it then went. her
2: losing her virginity, I, I was like, I was watching that again, I was like, man, this is a little uncomfortable. You <laughs> yeah. know? She starts complaining that it hurts and like starts to tear up, and I'm like, huh?
1: I, guess, I just feel bad now.
2: I'm like, this is, this is like really graphic because obviously, you know, you're under age and you know, you're, you're having sex with Josh Dealey. I'm going to totally talk with people first and last names. Cause that rocks. So, but yeah, it, it does I,
3: rock Brad Henderson.
2: I can, I can totally see the after school special because it it really starts off like that. Well, I wonder
0: it, if he had like two scripts, or he had this after school special written. It no, was denied, this is, and this is what Tom like, well. Holland
2: does? <laughs> Tom Holland has like you know, BJ. You have to like this because this is melodramatic. This is like oh,
3: I loved it. Yeah, I loved every second of it. It's it's a freaking hot mess, you know, and I love it. <laughs>
2: You know, it's, it's one of those things, like, this film doesn't, like, it finally picks up and knows how to balance the two, you know. Cause it juggles one, for a bit. One, one thing I want to talk about, we want to talk about juggling genres, is I think Fright Night does that perfectly. It oh, handles,
3: it sure does.
2: It handles the drama side and it handles the horror side just perfectly. I mean, it has a little bit more horror, but it, when it interjects the drama, it's not that bad. Um, you know, it's really well done. Um, it doesn't steer away from the horror aspect and this one, it doesn't know what it wants to be at first. And then it turns out, cause the movie is kind of really mean and ultra violent at times for being, you know, what you're shown in the beginning. And then like, he's pushing the fucking, he pushes the wheelchair. <laughs> like he was like, every time I kissed you, I almost wanted to vomit. <laughs> and like throws her down, down the steps in the wheelchair. It's like, god damn! Like you yeah. mean, motherfucker?
0: Yeah, it gets it, it gets crazy. And then there's yeah. a car. There's a car accident. We don't Dude, want to spoil anything, car, but there is a car uh, accident. The
2: car accident. That's just fought,
0: ridiculously brutal. Her
2: falling down. Are the you going to call it an accident?
0: Oh, I don't know. Is it? <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs>
2: So the basic premise of this film is that we are thrown in the middle of a teenage girl who believes that her stepfather is trying to kill her mother and her, um, and she is trying to prove it. So it is one of those things where the kid – you know, well, this one's kind of she just suspects, but we're kind of thrown into the middle of it once the movie starts. So it is kind of jarring because you don't know where it's going. The soundtrack is very, very weird.
0: Yeah, what is up with it? it like that's what like, got me thinking. TV. It's like TV soundtrack. It's,
2: yeah, it's not a horror film soundtrack. It's like strings and like orchestra stuff, and you just like it's just random. It doesn't fit whatsoever, and you you have this. Voice it reminded me this girl. of the TV
3: of the TV soundtrack for the TV show of the Babysitters Club.
0: <laughs> yes.
3: Which so, is, makes it even more uncomfortable.
2: But, yeah, it's just like you have that weird soundtrack. You have this awful voiceover of the teenage girl. You're thrown in the middle of her life, which this has obviously been going on for a certain period of time. But once actually it's – I think it's the car accident that the movie turns.
0: Yeah. That, when that happened, I was like, holy shit. He
2: gets in by that car. What? I was like, what the fuck? Like, that is awesome. <laughs> it's like it comes out of nowhere. And then the movie takes this different route and just becomes very mean and violent. Yeah. And, you know, it's like, man, those stunt people really went all out on some of those falls and shit. Like, you know, and it kind of gets it. And I think it's very suspenseful. Uh, towards the end of the film um, when it becomes kind of a home invasion thing. And I I, th- I think the movie carries itself just fine. It's just – it's a little jarring at first. It, it needs – it takes a while to actually get to where it's it wants to go. It's one of those go.
0: where you really need to have patience. And this is one of the re- – seeing this movie is one of the reasons why I try to never, ever walk out of a film or turn a film off. Um, I always – at least even if it takes me a couple days, at least I'm going to get through the film and and watch it for what it is because I could have easily just given up on this film within the first twenty minutes, easily the within the first thirty minutes. But uh, once it takes yeah, a turn no, it's and very easy to give up, it on gets even if it's not that great. It gets really really entertaining, and I think that it's this and even last shift and the next movie we're going to talk about. It's kind of you know. If you're willing to not just give up on a film and get through it, I think you'll be rewarded. You know, whether or not the whole film's great, that's to be debated, but at least give a film a chance. And if it ends and you hate it, you you hated the movie. That's fine. But, um, I think if you give up on a film too early, you could miss out on, on some gold, which, oh my gosh, there's some gold in this in this film.
2: That's the one thing with Tom Holland uh, and his, uh, in his scripts is that when he, like he really knows how to turn it out, like stuff like with class of 1984, um, you know, psycho two is an amazing sequel to, you know, such a historic horror film did a really good job with that. Um, The bad shit craziness, like the beast within like that, that's a whole nother level of weird.
0: I need to watch uh, that still.
2: Oh, Beast Within is really good. It's very, very. It's awful. a
0: fucking classic.
2: Yeah, and um, you know, just like w- with Fright Night, and it, it's the one. It's this, this is this one script where, you know, I wonder how much input Michael Winner had in the beginning because the at about the twenty minute mark, it feels like a Tom Holland movie. But the first twenty minutes doesn't feel like Tom Holland at all because Tom Holland, you know, even though he's a goofy guy, he really knows how to churn in that kind of you know really hardcore suspense and kind of being uncomfortable. Um, and you know, he's just he's just a really he's a good writer. I mean, obviously these directors had um, some input too. But I mean, Mark Lester directed nineteen eighty four. He's not that amazing of a director, other than you know, Class nineteen ninety nine, of course. But, you know, I had to get that in there somewhere. Of course. Um, you know, Snow Raiders of Atlantis. Um, however, you know, that sequence when fucking Roddy McDowell pulls the gun on the class in 1984. Oh, yeah. It's fucking terrifying, you know, and, and that's what Tom Holland is really, really good at. He's good at really, really good. at. I don't know anymore, but he was really good at scaring people. And I think once that once about 20 minutes, it becomes a Tom Holland movie because it is suspenseful. It is, you know, it's not really scary, but I think it really gets suspenseful like the last 20 minutes. And, you know, it's just some crazy shit happens in that house. <laughs> and that fucking explosion is awesome. Like oh yeah, you know, every, like the practical shit about the film, the stunts, the, you know, that kind of stuff, everything's perfect from then on out, once the movie starts going. You know, but I, I completely miss the kind of um what you said the after school special. <laughs> like it totally is. It's like, you know, one of those like it's almost like a goosebumps. Like a, you know, a goosebumps book made in made into a movie where, oh my stepdad is trying to kill me. Not like the stepfather shit where it's like, you know, you know, what's his name? Terry. I always forget
0: his name. Um,
2: but where he's like menacing and you're scared of him. Like this is kind of like la di da di kind candy. Yeah, lands, yeah this
0: da-di-da-di-da. guy's not menacing at all.
2: Yeah. And then it just gets, you know, <laughs> even what he says, like the, the most frightening thing he says is every time I <laughs> kissed you, I wanted to throw up. <laughs> that line just gets, that makes me giggle.
0: Oh, it's hilarious. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, yeah it's a it's available on on voodoo it's standard definition uh doesn't look that great but no it's um but
2: this is this movie's. i don't think this movie's available on dvd
0: at all i um, think uh, i yeah, i'm not sure but it's it's you can you rent it for like three bucks and it is uh,
3: also on youtube in its entirety oh, if you're it? an
0: asshole okay wow At least pay the three bucks. At least
1: pay the (laughs) three dollars.
3: Like I said, if you're an (laughs)
0: asshole. YouTube's reserved for stuff that's not available anywhere. That's the necessary evil. But yes.
2: Yeah, Scream for Help is not available on DVD. It is available on VHS for twenty bucks. So there you go.
0: Pay two ninety nine, rent the thing. You can buy it for nine ninety nine. I'm not on the fence to buy it, but I'm glad that I've seen it. That's where I'm at on it. It was fun. It was a fun time. I
1: bought
0: it. <laughs> cool. Well, let's uh, let's jump into this next segment here. Um, because there is definitely some similarities. Again, with this next one, let's talk. You know, jumping into VHS. Oh my God.
1: Nikki. Well, here we are last. Right where we ought to be. Video. Oh my God.
0: All right, so this is a film, 1988, uh, Deadly Dreams. Beyond the veil of sleep,
3: somewhere between truth and deception lies
1: the world of dreams. (gasps) For Alex Tormey, it is a world of deadly dreams.
2: Alex? It was just a dream.
1: I keep dreaming about this hunter, and then I wake up and I see him. What if he kills me before I wake up? It says in the books that if you die in your dreams, you really die. You never wake up. I know it sounds crazy, but
2: I just don't know what's real anymore.
1: You get too stressed out, man. You like games, don't you? It's called hide and seek. You run and hide, and I try to find you. Run. Bonded by treacherous delusions.
3: Trapped in a web of inescapable horror. Now, when the nightmare ends... (gasps) The terror
1: begins.
2: (laughs) Deadly dreams. Everybody knows this cover. The
0: (laughs) cover, I've seen the cover for sure in the video store. Um, As
2: a kid, I didn't rent this and I had no idea what the fuck it was. Like... I remember walking by countless times looking at this cover and, you know, before my mom was letting me rent what I wanted, you know, she would usually rent the movies and then I would watch them. Um, however, you know, there was a few things that I kept seeing the covers of, and I knew my mom would never rent like, you know, the boneyard or, you know, um, uh, blood, uh, was it blood, not blood form. God, what is the fucking name? But anyways, what is the name of that fucking movie? It has like the guy on the front. He's got like an eyeball. God damn it. But anyways, um, you know, it's just, is one of those like really like eerie covers because you kind of, you looking at that, you don't know that's the Fox mask, right? It just, it looks like some kind of fucking demon. Yeah. And, and it terrified me. And then finally I got around to watching it and it's a Fox mask.
0: <laughs> yeah, that and is a, a wolf
2: a wolf yes a, a wolf, wolf. Sorry, sorry sorry yeah it is yeah, i think it's a wolf
0: i almost gave now i almost gave up on this one okay. i was and you're lucky very close
2: how do you give up because the the beginning of the movie when um when alex's like family is murdered well yeah
0: yeah well that that <laughs> happens really, so so it's the, very
2: unsettling so basically hundred, like when well, he
0: he witnesses his family getting murdered by a guy in a fox mask, and that comes back to haunt him and he has a lot of he has he has a lot of nightmares about it. And it's like these nightmares just keep happening. You don't know what's real or what's not and, and I think I just kinda like stopped giving a shit. And then I I I sh- I shut it off for the night. I went to bed, I slept on it, and then the next night I resumed and from there on out, it just got more and more just batshit crazy with the twists and turns <laughs> that it takes. Because it turns into kind of a mystery thriller, kind of who done it. Um, and I was actually surprised with a lot of the, the little twists and turns, um, and it just made me laugh. Because this guy, this main actor Mitchell Anderson, who plays Alex, uh, he is all about showing off his uh, his pecs.
2: Yeah, he like. I don't think he has a shirt through
0: the movie. <laughs> did we
3: did we mention what the title of this was?
0: Did I? Deadly Dreams.
3: <laughs> I don't think so. I think we just started <laughs> oh, start talking about it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's still, it's,
0: it's deadly called dreams. Deadly Dreams, people.
2: Yeah, we're talking about a movie called Deadly Dreams, <clears throat> directed by a lady, by the way. Uh,
1: that's why he's shirtless.
2: Lady. Yeah, well, you know, directed by the lady that did Body Chemistry. Mm. So that's a one thing with Mark Singer and he never has a shirt on in it.
0: Christine movie. Peterson.
2: She also
3: did a uh, Critters three, right? Yep.
2: Yeah. one of the, Yeah. One of the Critters movies. Yeah. I forget which one. Uh...
3: I think yeah, it's, Critters
0: Crit- 3. it's Critters three. Yeah. Critters
3: three. Cause I know my lady
2: directors. Yeah. So this is, is she her. Also, what?
0: This is her first film.
2: Oh really? That's cool.
0: But, uh, yeah. But she, yeah, this she's this, done
2: some other stuff. I know that she worked a lot on like uh, she was um, assistant director on a lot of movies, if I remember correctly. Yeah. but she's involved in She,
3: with uh, she definitely worked on. Um, she was working on the one of the studios that did stuff for Apocalypse Now. Um, I don't know if it was like the effect studio or like the post production studio, but she worked on it.
2: So. Yeah, I know she, she knows her bigger. shit. <laughs> yeah, I know she worked on some bigger movies. Yeah. Um, but I, one thing I did want to mention, I don't, I can't remember if I mentioned. You know how we had our, um, you know we picked like one dude and we picked girls. What what episode was that? We picked like our our, our ladies that what we the, like. Yeah. yeah, um, Was Juliet Cummings on on that list? Because I thought she was.
0: Uh, the the name like that, she had to be on your list.
2: Yeah, well, anyways, she's always, she's always on always. I'm pretty sure she's on that list that we talk about. But anyways, she's in this movie. And that's kind of the one the reason why I picked the Joseph talk about her <laughs> a bit. So Julia Cummings is, like, one of my favorite ladies in the world. And, you know, she's in Psycho 3, which we just talked about Psycho 2. Um, she's in Friday the 13th. She's in Slumber Party Massacre 2, which is, like, one of my favorite sequels of all time. And it's she's so good. Oh, and she's also in uh, the Eric Stoltz uh, movie Running Hot. She plays Jenny. Oh yeah. So well, she's uh, she's hot
0: to trot in this for sure.
2: She is so fucking... And she gets naked.
0: Yes. Well, that's all I really remember about this film. Is well, uh shirtless let's talk more about deadly dreams. shirtless Shit. actor, shirtless There's Mitchell Anderson, and a shirtless Juliet Cummings. Shirtless. A lot of shirtless people. Yep. Um no shirts. And the and the, the whole movie, passed. just no shirts.
1: I, I do like, you I, think,
3: do you think that Patrick Bryce saw this movie before he made Creep?
1: Sure. <laughs> Why? Because that's
3: what I kept thinking about with like the wolf mask. Like that's what I just kept thinking about was Creep and like the werewolf mask. And I was like, you know, this makes me think of Deadly Dreams.
2: <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. I think I think the the wolf hunter mask is, you know, I don't know.
3: Because like it's just it's cause that's not something that I, you see very often like animal in particular. Like I've seen yeah, plenty but of is a films werewolf with-
0: like deadly James <gasps> right, is like it's a straight a up like skin of a wolf head. It's like the straight up like
3: Yeah, sort- it's
0: I think it's pretty it's pretty effective though too. I think it's a
2: weird it's a weird mask to
3: actually yeah. have. Yeah, but, but yeah that's yeah, what, what your It's, it's an uncomfortable. It's an uncomfortable yeah. looking wolf, which is like like the Patrick like the the creep werewolf mask doesn't look like a like it looks like an it's, uncomfortable werewolf mask to me, and the Deadly Dreams mask looks like an uncomfortable wolf mask to me. It doesn't look like a Halloween mask, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, whereas like other movies, it's like yeah, I've seen ten million fucking pig masks. They all look the same, but like both of these masks are just like there's just something off about them, and they make, it just they're not only are they scary, they just they make me feel unsettled. I don't well, know.
2: I think I think I <laughs> I, I think it's a, a ballsy move, uh, you know, because ob- I mean obviously it didn't work because the movie didn't really go anywhere it didn't make any money it's not available
0: well, I don't think it's TV. the wolf masks fault <laughs>
2: <laughs> No 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 I'm just saying but you know I think it's one of those things where you you know this is like what 19 like probably like 88,
0: 88 80 88 It
2: was released in 88 Oh shit shit Um so anyways you know being released uh around the time frame of kind of slashers and Mass killers, you know, trying to be creative, that worked. You know, they were definitely creative. It's a very odd mask. You don't see it hardly ever. Um, It's just a shame that the movie didn't really go anywhere, which I don't understand because the movie has some really cool horror aspects. The violence is, you know, well done. It does that borderline, you know, your suspicions and kind of, um, you know, his, his grounded to reality, you know, where it's kind of him just kind of going crazy, yeah, uh, suffering such a traumatic, um, you know, thing in his life, very similar to, you know, kind of like, um, you know, maybe Silent Night, Deadly Night where he watches his parents get slaughtered in front of him. And then, you know, he becomes, um, you know, what killed his parents. And with this, you, you kind of got – you get to see kind of the borderline psychological aspect. So it's like one step forward um, kind of in the slasher genre, I think, because it once, it, you know, it it has that slasher elements, but it also – you know, you have a fucking hunter going around a fucking Fox Max with a shotgun. Yeah. You know, and I think I, shotguns are I, a lot I, scarier I,
0: than knives. I, I, I wonder oh, if – Oh, they're way scarier. Yeah. So – you know, I don't know why this movie didn't didn't click. I mean it definitely is is it's totally it clicked with me cuz it was just goofy, but then like the last, you know, 20 15-20 minutes, it actually got interesting. I think it was just getting up there, getting to that point, I think it just maybe got too maybe convoluted and, and just kind of repetitive maybe. You know Well,
1: with, I think
2: it's one of those uh, since you know another thing we jumped on the subject is another thing that kind of we were talking about is it it wants to be kind of a horror film, but at the same time it pulls back Yeah, and becomes kind of the movie that you find in the drama section with like sex, lies and videotape, you know, it's, it, it is one of those, you know, there's a lot of drama, he- heavy drama in the film, but when it, becomes kind of a horror film. It goes that route and hits really hard. Yeah. So it's another film that I think they do well mashing up the two, um, to make you scared of what he's seeing and what he believes might be there, might not be whatever. Yeah. And also just dealing with the facts psychologically that he might be going crazy. Yeah. Um, and I don't know. I, I, I dig. I dig all those aspects of the film. It's one, it's always kind of stuck out with me because once it's over and you realize kind of what is happening and what's going on, you're like,
1: hmm.
2: You know, you kind of ponder what you actually just watched. Did you watch a horror film? Did you watch a drama? You know, no. I, I don't know. That, that's kind of how I feel about
0: it. It's definitely, uh, you know, it's worth it's worth tracking down to. to to watch, um, grab some alcohol. Of course,
3: this is and, uh, a film that I think would be really well suited for. In all honesty, I think this would be one that would be well suited for a remake. Yeah,
1: um, yeah.
3: Because I think this sort of weird psychological, like mindfuckery, um, is. I don't think that audiences of 1988 were really looking for films like that. Because I think it came out when everything was ripe for kind of, you know, the ball to the wall slasher. Whereas now we are we are a little bit more interested in the, you know, the tiptoeing between is this reality or is it not kind of thing. And I don't know. I think that it would be I think that it would go over really, really well just to see, like, is somebody, you know, is, is his traumatic experience, you know bringing out inner demons or is it bringing out, you know, is he really being stalked and
0: tortured? Kind yeah, of thing? I can, I can um, definitely see, uh, this being remade for sure. Cause, cause I and, think if they were trying to juggle these two different things for the audiences of the late eighties, which that was the same year that the blob remake came out, you know, and that movie is just balls to the wall insanity. you know, um, I'm trying to think what other horror movies came out in '88. A but, shit
1: ton,
0: I, I, huh?
1: A shit ton. Yeah,
0: so I think this one. I think their aspirations were to make something a little more psychological, but they yeah, were trying th- to fit to go it go in.
2: I also think that hurt them.
0: Yeah, they were trying to combine the two, and I think, yeah. you know, ultimately, you know, didn't didn't work. And yeah, like I said, I think- like this this movie's a mixed bag for me, but um, I'm so glad that I finished watching it because it, it was a ton of fun.
3: I found this one at um, our local uh, exchange store, and uh, it was on sale for a dollar, which usually means that either A, it's awesome, and it means that they don't know what they have, or B, it's absolute dog shit, and nobody wants it. And I was really hoping that it was uh, option A, and I'm glad to say <laughs> that it was option A, and I'm, I really, really enjoyed it. I hadn't seen it Um but I I really liked it. Um, I liked it a lot more than than I thought I I thought I was going to. Um, but yeah, I, I, I definitely did not feel like something from that time period. I could definitely feel the influences of sort of like a, a Nightmare on Elm Street kind of vibe with part two? like the
1: whole Nightmare, I'm part two.
3: <laughs> <laughs> with the uh, yeah um with <laughs> the kind of sexy gay dreams um <laughs> but it's um, very
2: i mean all a lot of horror has homoerotic tendencies but this one definitely this, does
3: oh it's it's right on french street it's yeah <laughs> which obviously this is I, I'm a big fan of horror, but that's not that's not a secret. <laughs> um, <laughs> so the influences were, were pretty obvious, and I, I can't tell if that that could have also been something that may have hurt the film. Um, perhaps I I don't know. Maybe people were against it because you know they already had their you know their dream killer. They didn't want another one.
0: Right? Who knows. Yeah. All right, we got to start wrapping up. We've been at this for about two hours. Yeah. So, um, so check this out. This is one that you can find. Where 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 can people find this thing? I. Uh,
2: well, it's on um, it's on tape. You can buy it for like six ninety nine. Other than that, you're gonna have to find other means. Okay. But there is. I, I have heard rumors over the past year or so that Code Red. Actually, will be releasing this. Oh. very um, cool okay. on Blu-ray. So we'll see if that actually happens. If it does, um, I might have to ask you to buy it for me, Sean, since uh, he banned <laughs> me. From it's thirty
0: dollars for this. I don't know. <laughs> I'd pay. I would pay twelve ninety-nine to fifteen dollars for this on Blu-ray for sure, hands down.
2: Um, Juliet Cummings in HD.
0: Well, you drive a hard bargain, sir.
2: <laughs> All I'm saying is that I don't have a lot of movies with Julia Cummings in HD. So this so needs to be remedied. All I right. think the only ones I have are Critters 3 and Friday the 13th.
0: Park. Huh. But That's she's a shame. In Park. I well, part. Or. we'll see what we can do by getting more Juliet Cummings in HD for you. Um, we want to thank, <laughs> thank all you guys for listening to us. We're super excited to have BJ back. Yeah. Thank you, BJ for,
3: I'm so excited. gracing us
0: with your presence again. Um, I, I've missed you guys. Quick plug for myself. I'm going to be on a podcast called the smell of music. Oh my God. On Wednesday. So tomorrow. Gross. This, this, should, this should post on Tuesday. Uh we're talking rap core. <laughs>
3: rap core. Oh, yeah, the whitest thing you could have ever Oh said? man.
0: They what they do is they pick a genre and they talk about it. They have a guest, the guest chooses the playlist and they basically listen to the playlist and all basically cringe together. It was a really fun time. Uh so that'll be up on Wednesday. I I don't I don't know if they have a website or not they have a facebook the smell of music and they're also you can just type in the smell of music on itunes and you can find the show there
3: the smell of music if it's rap course sounds like it would smell like fago
0: this yeah probably <laughs> <laughs> oh man rap i was cringing core. with some of the songs that i uh I, that i chose because i used to like I, I basically chose songs that i used to love and didn't re- listen oh, to them at no. all and can then, you just name one huh
2: can you name Hub, one that's not uh, the
0: Hey Bartender by Head P.E. Wow. Which is a lot I, more uh, rapey than I thought it was when I list, uh, initially listened initially. you wear your
2: fedora hat?
0: I wore my Junkos <laughs> for the occasion. You
2: wore your fedora
0: hat while you listened to no, it? Yeah, fedora hat and Junkos. <laughs> junkos? Ew. You mean
3: jinkos, J-Jinkos? Jinkos, The
0: J-N-C-O, whatever. It's Brad, jinkos. we already know jinkos. I don't Brad. know.
3: Brad, we know that Sean doesn't know how to read. We don't. <laughs> I always say Junkos.
0: I don't know. J N C O. There's no you know, vowels. Were, There's a vowel you were doing, That's it.
2: You were doing so well on this episode, <laughs> and you just totally fucked up right
0: there. Hey, I'm not perfect. So,
2: are you saying all through high school you called him Junkos? Junkos.
0: <laughs> oh, I no. I was in Iowa. We didn't know any better. We didn't know any better. Junkos? Oh, <laughs> Sean. Gen-Cos. I don't know. <laughs> I don't give a shit. That was the 90s. Who gives a crap? All right. And with that, everyone, uh, check oh, out our sponsors. Yeah. com. Buy their shit. Uh, use the code SCREAMCAST. <laughs> <laughs> and then, of course, go to com and use the code SCREAMCAST10 when you order from them.
1: <laughs> <Jungle>.
0: <laughs> it's really not that funny. It's yeah. Alright.
1: I was born in nineteen ninety because <laughs> I don't know how to say the word right.
0: <laughs> the fad lasted a year. I, I didn't really It's have... coming back, though it's coming know. back. Dear it's God, coming
2: back. Mallcore kids wear them.
1: They sure <sighs> do. do I, see, the I see pictures from that pants. time in
0: my life and I'm like, what the fuck? I need to find those and send them to you guys. You guys would die. Wait, Did you,
2: you know actually own you actually own Junkons? Yes.
0: <laughs> and I had bleach blonde hair. Oh, man, that's even worse because you actually owned it. I and listened to listen Rapcore
2: and oh, Skacore. You, you didn't oh, listen, listen to Rapcore. You listened to Head P.E.
0: <laughs> uh, P.O.D., you know, P.O.D., Head P.E. All oh, that's guys, right, because you were down
2: with the G.O.D.,
3: you know? so of
0: course you listened to P.O.D. Limp Bizkit, but, you know, I kind of felt weird listening to Limp Bizkit because they were so evil. All right, with that... <laughs> Oh, shit. I am. We're going to sign off All of you guys have a great week <laughs> Like all of you next week <laughs> Bye bye
1: Bye See ya, bye
0: <laughs> Sean, you're the best Oh
1: shit, okay Oh, don't tell me you're leaving The party's just begun Oh